When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We are New York. Bernie and Sid in the morning. Hot Radio 77. WABC. Voices carry. Dustin Ellick has no idea why we started with this song, and it's because the name of this group, this was a very, very, very popular song back in the 1980s. The name of the group that sings this song, Till Tuesday. And, of course, it is a Tuesday morning here on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Bernie and Sid in the morning in New York City. And it's a big, big day today because for the first time in eight days, back and better than ever, so happy to have this guy back, is my partner, my dear friend, my brother. I love him. I miss him. The great Bernard McGurk. Happy Tuesday morning, Bernie. Sid Rosenberg. Sid, Sidney Arthur Rosenberg, as I live and breathe, it is great to be back. And uh, thank you for that grand introduction, and welcome back. I appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, we're here ready to rock and roll. And you mentioned it's Tuesday. You know, it's an interesting uh Interesting day. It's a, it's it's actually on the calendar, as you probably know, two twenty two twenty two. That's right. And at two twenty two this afternoon, and we went through two twenty two this morning. You uh, you can bet all those twos because you would have two twenty two on two twenty two twenty two. And <laughs> and it's and it's Tuesday. Yes, Tuesday. Sec- on top of it all, so you got right. a lot of twos out there. A lot of twos out there, and it's also about twenty something degrees. <laughs> Although I shouldn't say that. It's warmer this morning, and you tomorrow know, it's going to be sixty five. How great would that be if it was twenty two degrees right now? <laughs> yeah. This palindrome out. Ah, uh, that's a great word, palindrome. It's good to have uh, good to have you back, Burn. For folks, well, thank that, you, folks that were uh, they, they've been asking questions every day. I, I know. I. You know, I know you get bombarded with the same thing, and um, I, I got—I I feel like you know, uh, uh, you're such a nice guy. You, you're going to say different, but early on, when you you first were diagnosed and you were going through the these uh, these tests and the early chemotherapy, it had to be really comforting to have everybody uh, reaching out to you. At this point, it's got to be annoying. It's got to be like, okay, look, let me live my—I know you love me, I love you too, but let me live my life. Let me get past this. Let me move on because I feel like the more people ask and prod and nudge. It's like a constant reminder, like, okay, I'm going through it. I'm going to be okay. I just want to live my life. I know you're not going to admit that, but I feel like if it was me, at least, if it was me, at least, I'd be like, okay, thank you. I love you. Enough's enough. 
Well, you know, you're a very uh, insightful and perceptive individual. <laughs> but I will say, in all honesty, it, it really doesn't bother me. I mean, you know, to, to have people concerned and care and stuff like that. I know what you're saying. You, you know, you have to get back. And uh, and plus, I'm not going to go into details. I'm not going to whine about, you know, how, how much the uh, chemo kicks your butt and all yeah. that stuff. Yeah. I'm just not going to do it. I mean, people have gone through it, and uh, it's it's part of the healing process. Uh, so I just say, you know, I'm hanging in there, and uh, that's that, and then I, I move on. But uh, yeah, I, I I I appreciate what you're saying, uh, but uh, no concern and care, and there are a lot of good people who are, are concerned and care, and it, it heartens me, gives me strength, encourages me. So uh, so keep it coming, folks. Keep it coming. Uh, Despite Sid's very, very perceptive, and, and, and <laughs> I guess I am, uh, yeah. you know, I am torn I between know, the I two. Know. You're, I know too, you're, you're just a nice person, and I'm not, and I'm too honest of a guy, and I tell it the way it really is, and people uh, tend to hate me because of that, but I'm, I'm just, I'm giving the, uh, my opinion, and maybe it's fact. I will say this, I do wish I had a tape recorder Wednesday night, last Wednesday at Madison Square Garden, during halftime, standing down there talking to uh, Bill O'Reilly, I went to the game with Bill, and me, Bill O'Reilly, and Mike Breen, the conversation about you specifically between Breen and O'Reilly was, uh, was really, really very, very nice. So while on one hand I'm saying, you know, I think Bernie's probably had enough of the constant, how you doing, how you doing, how you doing, there are moments when people are talking about you where it's like, why? You start to realize just how much that person really loves you. And Mike Breen is absolutely one of those people. Oh, no doubt about it. I mean, you, you realize... Uh... You know, the, the caliber of people at times like these. And he is, uh, I always knew that about Mike. He's, you know, we've been close for a long time. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of kindness out there, man. Let me tell you something. I have a great friend. Uh, he, he's retired uh, NYPD detective, Brian Costello. This guy has just put his, his life, you know, he's like, whatever you need, whatever you want. He's been driving, uh, you, you know, he's been driving me a, a lot to, uh, Different, uh, you know, different things. Uh, yeah. Let's put it that way. Helping right. me and my wife out and all that stuff. So, so just to answer questions, I'm just going through this routine. This has been planned. Uh, these uh, rounds of chemotherapy. They 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 come in like three week intervals, and uh, it, it's working. The the chemo, of course, is stopping everything, and uh, so it's, it's 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 I'm on the way to healing. But to let everybody know, and it does uh, it does kick your butt. It hurts you. It fatigues you. My last chemo was Thursday, so by now, this morning, I feel good. I feel, you know, my voice is still a little bit weak, but uh, I feel I. And uh, let me just say this about Bill O'Reilly. One thing that made me feel good is that yesterday I got in the mail his brand-new book, yes. Killing the Killers. Yes, yes. Uh, yes, and I'm, I'm psyched about it because yeah. I've, been, I've been looking for something. Reading uh, is really a good, uh, you know, distraction from from everything in life in general, but uh, this one particularly, I've been looking forward to it. Bill is very proud of it. He says it's his most important work ever uh, so far in, in all these killing books. Killing the Killers, all about uh, terrorism since uh, 9-11, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. And and appreciate Mike and uh, Big Bill and you uh, talking about me at the, at the Knicks game. I, I do appreciate all that. <laughs> I know you do. I, uh, I I believe now you've been through two rounds, and uh, we'll, we'll end the conversation about this right here because people do ask, oh, there are five rounds in all, and now you're through two out of five. Is that right? Well, I'm not sure if it's uh, five. I think after three, they will reassess, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. 
And uh, then we'll see uh, if I continue with it or if uh, that's enough or whatever it is. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm just not sure uh, these doctors, uh, they, they make the decisions. And, uh, you know, I'm not necessarily privy to uh, mm-hmm. their thinking. But so far, yeah, the two, uh, three to come uh, next month. And then, we see, then we're going to see what happens. I love about it. that. I love it. Hopefully it'll be three and that'll be. I'll tell you one quick story about Bill O'Reilly and his book. I meet him at the garden and um, we're walking around the garden for like 15 minutes and he's got a copy of his book in his hand and he's like, just follow me, just follow me, follow me. So we walk through the, the back of the garden, inside the garden, through the bowels of the garden and we end up in this very, very fancy suite section, Bernie, of Madison Square Garden and he walks up to some, some girl, some, some young girl and he says, uh, do me a favor, hand this to James Dolan and tell him Bill O'Reilly dropped it off. So the owner of the New York Knicks and the New York Rangers requested Bill O'Reilly's brand-new book, and he dropped it off to Jimmy Dolan last Wednesday night. So you're part of a very exclusive club, Bernie, wow. uh, f- folks that have the Bill O'Reilly book before anybody else. Well, uh, I, you can understand it. I know, I, know, I know you've read several of his books, yeah. and uh, the way he's been touting this one, uh, you know, just – Wet, wetted my appetite. I'm yeah. sure a lot, a lot of other people like Mr. Dolan. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I'm in good company, and uh, I, I'm sure you got your copy as well. I, no? I, I did. I got it uh, sometime last week, and that'll give me an opportunity to promote my book, which, of course, you wrote the forward for. Did a tremendous job. In fact, the author initially put uh, my name on the cover of the book, and Johnny Russo, who co-authored the book, he did not have your name. Johnny Russo! Yeah, and I got an email from the guys uh, two days ago. They said, listen, we want to put Bernie McGurk's name on the cover of the book. I said, well, I figured you would do that anyway. He wrote the forward, so they're adding that to the cover of the book. But the book is uh, is available right now. You can buy it, pre-order it. Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and Simon & Schuster, for what it's worth, for the first week or so, we're number one in the broadcast section on Amazon.com. Once again, wow. the, yeah, Citizens United, set to release probably late August because of the supply chain issue. But again, Bernie wrote the forward, Citizens United. You can buy your copy of that book uh, today. Now, uh, to the serious stuff, which is uh, at play today, Ukraine and Russia. We've talked about this endlessly, obviously, the last couple of days, Bernard, without you here. But every time... I have a conversation with somebody. I bring you up, whether it's Rich Lowry, John Katsimatidis, a host of others. And I say, listen, Bernie's of the feeling, and I tend to agree with Bernie, not 100 percent, but a lot with Bernie, that let these guys duke it out. Civil war, long time, Ukraine and Russia. Let's not get too involved in this. We've got enough troubles here in the United States. Let's not uh, spend too much time worrying about what's going on between Russia and Ukraine. But i got to tell you, most of the folks say, well, yes and no, but we, we just – we cannot afford to let those two guys just duke it out because it will have it will affect us here in the United States. Have you changed your stance at all? Well, uh, not necessarily. I'm still wondering if anybody can answer this question: What is our national security interest in that uh, in that region between those two uh, countries in that dispute? What is the United States national security interest? Well, How I will say gonna... this: Here's where it may affect us. The economy, if in fact Putin decides to go in and invade Ukraine, there could be there could be economic impact here in the United States. That I realize that I realize uh, it will increase the price of uh, energy, gasoline, home heating prices, uh, which uh, baked into the cake. That's going to happen regardless of our meddling, the extent uh, to which we, we are meddling, sending Kamala Harris and all these lightweights over to uh, Munich, Germany, for some sort of 
conference. I mean, just you know, just budding. It, it would be like look at look at this. It would be like uh, let's say the United States. Let's say we had a beef with the Bahamas, right? And uh, we sent a couple of troops into the Bahamas to straighten them out. And then all the way from around halfway around the world, Russia says, "No, no, no! What you are doing? What you are doing? You cannot go to the Bahamas. We are sending troops to fight you to defend Bahamas." Who the hell is Russia to be meddling in, in right right in our back door, in our front door, right. in our own country? <laughs> right. I mean, look, but I understand that the it's going to have economic consequences either way. But uh, And plus, the, don't discount the threat of cyber attacks. Everybody out there, get your cash, get some cash money, uh, get, your, get, get some supplies, load your cars up with gas because these uh, – Cyber uh, uh, attack threats are real. Yeah. The, in, in fact, the last one we had, remember that one? That, that sure. emanated from Russia. Yep. And a lot of people, including, I believe, Mr. Katsimatidis, says uh, emanated with the Russian government itself. So if we get too heavy-handed with those guys, uh, and that's where the danger lies, you know, they can retaliate with cyber attacks against us, which will really hurt us. I mean, it can hurt, uh, you know, municipalities can hurt the, the our ability our electric grids whatever the hell it is our banking they can, they can really uh, screw up banking etc cetera, etc cetera. there are real consequences but uh the, the uh, particularly I'll ask that question again what the hell is our national security interest same thing with the Iraq the Iraq war initially what were we doing we we had no business going in you know the law of unintended consequences is uh, is 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 real? Well, but but at least with Iraq, uh, there was a feeling it was uninformed and and ignorant and stupid. But Bush forty three really did believe, at least he was uh, coaxed to believe between Wolfowitz and Cheney and Rumsfeld and Rice and all of them that Saddam Hussein had something to do with nine eleven. He really did believe there was weapons of mass destruction somewhere. He really did believe he was taking out an evil dictator. Now you didn't believe that from day one, to your credit. But you can understand why George Bush and yet partisan, uh, uh, what do you call, uh, uh, people on both sides were on his side on this. You can understand why George Bush felt that way. With this one, I'm with you. I can't figure out what the hell it is. Yeah, and by the way, as you point out, uh, Bush was wrong about everything back then. Uh, Well, again, I'm not sure he was wrong. I think his people gave him wrong information. He was the president of the United States, for God's sakes. Yeah. I mean, they were all wrong, whatever. Either way. Yeah, but you talk about President of the United States, you mentioned the fact that here's Kamala Harris in Munich, Germany yesterday, and, and you would think, and I know, I know we should know better because she knows nothing about nothing. <laughs> you would think that she would know something about what's going on between Ukraine and Russia. It was so embarrassing to have the VP of the United States in Germany talking about this, and she has no idea what's going on. Bro, it's worse than no idea. She's embarrassing. She's wearing a mask. She's, she's speaking gibberish. In fact, we have some audio. I'll play it a little bit later of uh, just how dumb she sounds but her and the whole the whole team it's it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's a cavalcade of clowns i mean even uh, you know the defense secretary you have him you have uh, who else do you have um, millie uh, all these guys lloyd austin's a joke lloyd, you mentioned lloyd him. austin yeah the, right. all these people they're like uh, Anthony they're, blinken is a real waste a complete and total lightweight do you trust them to do anything Effective uh, regarding uh, uh, Vladimir Putin, who is a shrewd, smart, a sneaky, uh, and evil guy. I mean, do you do you expect these guys to hold a, to, ha- to to effectively 
hold the line against these guys, against Vladimir Putin and company? Hell the hell, the hell no. Now, listen, Donald Trump made the best statement ever when he said Joe Biden going up against Vladimir Putin. Greg Kelly will appreciate this. Uh, Joe Biden going up against Vladimir Putin is like your high school football team taking on the Tom Brady-led New England Patriots. That is a perfect, that. perfect analogy. That is perfect. And by the way, speaking of the imbecile, it was because uh, he, he, he took away the sanctions on that Nord Stream pipeline. This is all connected, uh, that he took, he took the sanctions away that enabled Russia to, to you know, uh, enrich their capabilities, their offensive capabilities and all types of capabilities. Uh, it was that pipeline, enabling yep. that pipeline to go forward, that is enabling this him to pursue this war right now. And the, the old imbecile knows that. Uh, I mean, it's just yeah. these people, uh, they're completely clueless. Joe Biden, Bob Gates, the former defense secretary under Obama while Biden was president, says that Joe Biden got every foreign policy issue wrong in the last 40 years. And this is no, this is no different. This is the same thing. He's getting this wrong. He's meddling way too much. I mean, the Kamala Harris talked about the sovereignty of the Ukraine border. What about the sovereignty of the United States border? That idiot. She doesn't. Irony is lost on this. Uh, this woman, whatever. Uh, so anyway, I do have questions. I know uh, we're past the point where you can probably do anything about it, but uh, I still want to know the answer. What is our national security interest? Remember uh, way back when, when we started the midday show over six years ago, we had Bob Beckel on a couple of times. I, I sure do. Yeah, I know. Uh, yes, I do. I, I knew Bob Beckel, obviously, from Fox. And, uh, yeah, I know he passed away. Yeah, he died yesterday, 73. I didn't know him nearly as well as you did, but I know that uh, was there some type of controversy? He ended up not being back on Fox, or maybe I'm confusing him with, I don't know, everybody else. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> he had, uh, you know, you're right. There was controversy. He was, uh, he would say things, and he got booted once. Yeah. They brought him back. Right. And he said things again. And, you know, he was he was just one of those guys. He was a great guy. He liked to drink. He, uh, you know, you, you would see him sitting outside of the Fox building, smoking cigars. Uh, he was just a fun, traditional, classic liberal. Yeah. Not a wokester. Not a woke tard. And uh, but he was. Uh, he didn't follow the rules, and that's why they boot they booted him. Right. And then, of course, uh, Eric Bowling got his spot, I believe. And he got booted, too. And then he got booted, yep. and, uh, and then it, eventually leading to uh, Jesse Waters' ascendancy uh, on the five, and uh, the rest is history. Uh, anyway, rest in peace, Bob Beckel. 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. Bernard is back. Sounds like a million bucks. Already a great segment under our belt. Bo Dieter will join us coming up at 740. Lydia reports coming up at 825. Beat Bernie back. Coming up at 9.40, it's a Tuesday morning, and Bernie is here. The world is perfect. We'll be back right after these short messages. Back here on the Bernie and Sid Show, heard everywhere on that 77 WABC app. I guess this is uh, my... my uh, Irish hooligan song you play when uh, Bernie McGurk returns to the show. Yes, I'll download that 77 WABC app, ladies and gentlemen. Also, you can hear us on 107.1 FM out on Eastern Long Island. And you can watch us at WABCradio.tv. And, uh, of course, uh, you know, a lot of news. Uh, by the way, this uh, Alvin Bragg was busted over the weekend uh, downgrading uh, charges 
uh, some dude with 46 priors, grand larceny. They actually down, they downgraded the charges. The guy got bailed out. He got let out, actually. So more on that. And you had, uh, uh, Sydney. you had Eric Adams on Friday lay out his plan to uh, clean up the subways of the homeless. And uh, in the interim, I think you had 10 people were stabbed in the subways over the weekend. I think six. There's six to be exact. And that did start yesterday. And I will tell you that I did take the subway yesterday, and there were plenty of homeless people all laid out across the subway. Now, I did see a lot of cops. There's no question there is a, a bigger police presence walking the streets on the Upper West Side in the subways. I've noticed that. I have. But, but. Still plenty of homeless with all their stuff stinking up the trains. At least they won yesterday. Not much of a change. Not much of a change. And, uh, you know, he talked tough on uh, Friday. But the bottom line is, uh, with all these cops and uh, social workers and nurses, I I think the edict is that the police are not allowed to arrest any of these people that they're throwing off the subways if they resist. I believe that's the edict. I'm not sure. Listen to uh, Eric Adams. Play Cut 18. This is from Friday Eric Adams on uh, cleaning up the subways. The subway system and our bus system, they are the lifeblood of our city. If we don't get them right, our city won't continue to recover from COVID. Uh, Duh. You're right about that, uh, Eric Adams. So let's get it right. Let's arrest these people. If they resist, let's arrest them. And forget the nurses. Just send the police on. Throw them off. They're supposed to, at the end of the line, they're supposed to uh, evict anybody on the subway you can't uh, you know stay on the subway and go back you have to get the hell off the subway get off the subway station and uh, you know swipe your card again to get back in or something like that i'm not exactly sure but i, I know it's a disaster crime is out of control the first two months while i was away i understand eric adams had some sort of racial uh, meltdown regarding the press I mean, uh, yeah, he did. He actually, don't forget, he was only about, he was less than a week removed, Bernard, less than a week removed from apologizing from calling white cops crackers when he went on to this whole rant about white journalists. He basically called me out, you out, Greg Kelly out. Uh, he said that we just don't get it and that we're the, the narration, his story that we're narrating is not even close to being accurate. So, yes, less than a week after apologizing for calling white cops crackers, he referred to white journalists basically as folks he can't trust. And John Katsimatidis hosted the show with me yesterday. We gave Eric Adams the opportunity to come on at 8.30 yesterday morning. And despite a very nice back and forth between John and Frank, who's in charge of Eric's campaign, of course, Eric Adams decided not to come on. Shocker, shocker. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Listen, the honeymoon is over. And the trajectory is uh, going in the opposite direction of, uh, you know, c- crime is is increasing as opposed to decreasing during his first two months. So uh, the honeymoon is over and these these racial gaffes and uh, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, uh, again, you seem to have <laughs> you nailed it early on, Sid Rosenberg. And uh, but uh, there's still time. I guess there's still time. I mean, some well, no, there's say- still time, but he's the only hope we've got. I mean, if you really think about it, Bernard, we, we, we can't trust the state legislature. We can't trust people like Hasty and, and Stuart Cousins. Certainly the governor, she's no good. So if you believe that Eric Adams, somewhere in his heart, he did meet with the folks in Albany last week. He did at least come out with a plan to clean up the subways. He is providing more police presence. If you believe in your heart that he's not awful, he is the last line of defense. So he's the only hope we've got. Now, for me, that's bad news because I don't have much hope in the guy, to be honest. I have him from day one, but he is the only hope we've got. 
He is. So uh, I guess you have to, uh, to quote Martin Luther King, keep hope alive. Keep hope alive. Now, listen, <laughs> also a big story that we didn't talk much about because, well, it's kind of boring, uh, but this uh, a Canadian trucker convoy protesting the mandates. By the way, every country, you know, most countries on the globe are ending all sorts of restrictions. I mean, the way this uh, man-child blackface wearing uh, a lightweight uh, Justin Trudeau handled this by calling these people Nazis and racist, he could have easily have, uh, you know, diffused the situation saying, Okay, the pandemic is ending. We're going to do it. Let's talk. Or we'll we'll stop the mandates. Say April first or whatever the hell it is. He completely screwed it up. Totally ham-handed. But uh, Canada has descended into tyranny. I mean, they declared martial law. I mean, this is our this is our neighbors. I mean, you get, pretty soon you're going to have people flee, you know flocking across the the northern borders to try to get into the United States. But it really, really was bad. You had the uh, Ottawa police chief. I mean, let's just listen to the tone of these people. Uh, there was no violence on the part of the uh, the protesters. I mean, th- this is a big deal. This is what we should be concerned about. These are our neighbors turning into a fascist state. Listen to the Ottawa police chief. If you are involved in this protest, we will actively look to identify you and follow up with financial sanctions and criminal charges. Absolutely. We, we, this investigation will go on for months to come. They're freezing people's bank accounts. If you donated 50 bucks, which some people did, to these truckers to try to you know, give them a night's gasoline so they stay warm, they fr- froze your bank account. They froze it. In other words, and in this country, our country, your relationship with your bank and your money is an inviolable right. I mean, it's it's everything. Can you imagine if the government freezes your bank account because they didn't like who you donated to? It's absolutely unbelievable. And of course, you had uh, the other the GoFundMe people stopped uh, stopped the donations from coming in to the truckers, et cetera, et cetera. That was a while back. But in the meantime, in the interim, I understand you had a Black Lives Matter. Uh, activist, uh, this is complete and total Joy Reed, Joy Reed's friend, an anti-Semite. He tried to assassinate a Jewish uh, mayoral candidate in in the state of Kentucky, and GoFundMe allowed Black Lives Matter to raise his hundred thousand dollar bail money. I mean, this is sick, sick in the head. It's crazy. It's nuts. Uh, and and here's the breaking news: uh, Justin Trudeau just pledged in the, in the last two hours. He just pledged 11 infantry divisions and five tank divisions to help Vladimir Putin invade the Ukraine. Uh, that is stunning news, and it happens to not be true. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I but, almost bought it. Almost. You, you see how? Uh, I mean, he's more in common with uh, Justin Trudeau than he. Do, excuse me, with Vladimir Putin than he does with any uh, good, you know, Democrat, uh, democracy-seeking. Uh, politician in the united states i was going to say joe biden but you can't joe biden if he could i think he would be doing just what justin trudeau is doing which is which is gross it's disgusting uh and it's just horrible happening right across our border by the way lastly and i'm sure we'll get to this with you the olympics are over uh it, it, the closing ceremony was was just one week too late i think i mean three weeks it was like endless and the ratings are out a disaster uh, 12 million average uh, viewers per night, which is 
down, I think, like 44%. I think it was the least watched Olympics ever. NBC took an absolute bath. A bath. They took a bath. And it was. T- did you see the closing ceremonies on Saturday night? Yeah, did you I, watch I didn't. any of it? I actually I forgot they were even on. Yeah, well, good for you. Because what, what you had was a bunch of, uh, it was like in, in the skating rink, you had a bunch of these uh, Chinese kids wearing these stupid commie red hats. And they're singing while snowflakes are, uh, you know, uh, skating around the rink. It was absolutely horrible. It was terrible. And the genocide Olympics were a complete and total disaster. I don't think it helped China out at all. It, it just looked, it, it was, they were depressing. It was depressing. I mean, there were some good performances. Don't get me wrong. The guy, Kenny Chen, and uh, some of the skiing stuff was fun to watch. But for the most part, these were the depressing genocide Olympics, and the ratings reflected it. Sid Rosenberg, Traffic and Sports is coming up next, but right now it is time for the 77 WABC Clip of the Day. Listen to the Rita Cosby Show weeknights at 10 here. Rita talks about soft on crime progressives. There are big battles within the Democratic Party over whether or not to get tough on criminals. How insane is that? And you would think... Fighting crime, getting tough on criminals, making sure that they are appropriately punished, that that would be an easy conversation, that you would simply have to say, yeah, let's make sure that the bad guys get locked up and let's make sure that they're appropriately punished. But there is a huge battle within the Democratic Party. Anybody who speaks out, even if they are a diehard Democrat like Al Sharpton, they get blasted. This is Sid on Sports. Oh, my goodness! Sponsored by Peerless Boilers on 77 WABC. No action last night. All three hockey teams off, both basketball teams off, but all set to return to action very, very soon. Let's start with basketball. The Nets right now 31-28, and 28, the eighth seed inside the Eastern Conference. They're set to return Thursday night. They'll host the Boston Celtics in Brooklyn. The Knickerbockers at 25-34, and 34, right now the 12th seed inside the East. They are set to host the Miami Heat coming up on Friday. The Heat, by the way, they are tied atop the Eastern Conference with the Chicago Bulls just ahead of Philadelphia and Cleveland. But the three best records in the NBA are out West. The reigning champ Phoenix Suns, they're 48-10. and 10. Golden State is 42-17. and 17. Memphis is 41-19. and 19. The Utah Jazz are the four seed inside the Western Conference. Hockey, later on tonight, the Islanders are back on the ice in Seattle, taking on the Kraken. The Devils, they return to action Thursday night in Pittsburgh, taking on the Penguins and the Rangers. Back on home ice, Madison Square Garden Thursday night, hosting the Washington Capitals. The Florida Panthers are the one seed atop the Eastern Conference. The Colorado Avalanche are the one seed in the Western Conference. And finally, college basketball, after that slap attack, by Michigan head coach Juwan Howard against Wisconsin on Sunday. He has been suspended, Juwan Howard, the rest of the season. Michigan has five more games to play. They are 14 and 11. No postseason berth for the Wolverines. Sports brought to you by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Check them out today and every day. PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com. They do build America's best boilers. With sports, I'm Sid.
If you leave at 6.43 on your Tuesday morning, Bernard is back today. Great to have him back. Thank God. Bernie and Sid with you till 10 o'clock, till Brian Kilmeade comes your way. Bo Dietl will stop by in about an hour. Coming up at 7.40. So I told you guys yesterday that uh, my afternoon was basically going to be reading for uh, four parts for a movie that's coming out. Uh, we're going to start to film this movie in Bayonne, New Jersey this summer, and it'll be out uh, sometime next year. It's a fascinating story. And um, I have to ask Bernie about this because he's old enough to maybe remember. Now, the problem is this story really became very, very big the same exact time that President Kennedy got assassinated. So it started to lose some of its luster because that's the only thing people talked about back then in November of 1963. But do you remember the name, Bernie, Tino DeAngelis? He was, they called him the, um, I guess, the... Uh, the Salad King, soybean oil, hundreds of millions of dollars. He nearly crashed the stock market all by himself out of Bayonne, New Jersey, around the same time Kennedy was assassinated. Do you remember that story? Is Bernie there? I guess we lost him. I guess not, huh? I guess not. So this uh, this guy, Tino DeAngelis, he, um, he got busted here eventually. And so we're making a movie about this, the salad oil swindle of 1963. I mean, I'm not making the movie, but I've been offered a role in the movie. So I did uh, read for four different parts yesterday. And Bo Dietl can appreciate this because he's a great actor coming up in about an hour. He was great in Wolf of Wall Street and Goodfellas and The Irishman and all those movies, Gravesend, you name it. He was great. Now you do these uh, Zooms. So I'm sitting at my kitchen table. I've got 130 pages of a movie script in front of me, and I've got five or six people on my Zoom reading their parts. Tom Bergeron, Dancing with the Stars and all that good stuff. He actually read the uh, the script stuff. And then you had the actors reading their lines. Bernie, do you remember this uh, story back in 1963? Tino DeAngelis, the, sal- the, uh, the salad oil king who nearly bankrupted, the, uh, really crippled the whole New York Stock Exchange? I can't say that I do. Okay. Well, you were a young, young man anyway. And again, the uh, the assassination of John Kennedy actually uh, took over the, the news. But for a couple of days, it was a big deal. So I did that yesterday. And while I'm doing that, I get a phone call. It was three hours long, three hours. I get a phone call from our good buddy Danny A., who happened to be in Brooklyn. And he was down at the Gemini Lounge, another movie I'm making. I fly out to Los Angeles March 22nd to do that. And he uh, was taking a look. It's now a church. That bar is now a church, but for many years, it was a mob bar downstairs and upstairs. They carved up the bodies. He actually was on site yesterday looking at the the actual bar for the first time. So yesterday was a big acting day for me, Bernie, after doing our show with John Katsimatidis yesterday morning. And I got to tell you, I loved it. It was fun. Wow. It's a fun afternoon. Uh, that's huge. That's a long day. Honestly, long I, day. I, I didn't even realize that you were going to be working tomorrow, uh, yesterday, excuse me. Yeah, yeah, but, no, uh, yeah. President's Day. And uh, it's funny because I said on the air on Friday, I go, I'm not sure Bernie's going to come back until Tuesday. I said, maybe I'll do the same. And Chad Lopez texted me. I guess he was listening. And he said, no, I'll see you Monday. I said, okay. Okay. Well, that's cool. <laughs> Listen, uh, I admire your work ethic, I got to tell you. Well, thank but, you. Uh, yeah, and uh, Mr. Katzmatidis, uh, I, 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 I wasn't quite ready yesterday, so it was good, I think, that I took the day off. But uh, either way, uh, look at you, break, acting, uh, author, 
uh, radio. I mean, come on, movies, you, you name it. Uh, again, once again, the king of all media. You're you fine. are exploding. There's a lot going on. My, my day started 345 yesterday morning, and the, the Zoom actually ended at 6 o'clock last night, and then we had to take little Led, Gabriel's friend, back to the airport to go back to Boca Raton after spending the weekend here in New York. He had himself a blast. We, we did a whole bunch of uh, touring, Bernie. We did the Hudson Yards, had a nice dinner. Uh, we took the ferry from uh, Manhattan to Dumbo and had great pizza at Grimaldi's on Sunday afternoon. So wow. it was, co- yeah, I mean, it was cold. Uh, I like it. Yeah, it was nice. I mean, the kid got to experience a couple of, of cool New York things. I mean, ideally, he's going to come back in the summer when we move and living in a much nicer location. But uh, then he can maybe go to a baseball game, something fun. But in the middle of winter in New York City, it's hard to be out there for four or five hours, which we did. We did. And the kid seemed to enjoy it, but I hated it. <laughs> Yeah, I, well, was, I was freezing. In, in retrospect, though, uh, the time spent with the young lad. Oh, it was great. I mean, come on. It's it was priceless. Great. Uh, you, I mean, you hated it maybe. You, they hated parts of it, but uh, overall. Oh, it was great. It, it's, it's just, again, it's just uh, it's part of life. It's, it's really uh, it's, it's, it's what, what life is all about, well, these memories. that He'll have that memory, and you'll have it forever. And what was great was my son's face because, you know, Ava has a ton of friends, and she's in London right now, Bernie. As you know, she'll be back. On Sunday, and she was, you know, yesterday in Notting Hill, and she was walking down Abbey Road, and she's looking at all these universities, and she's having the time of her life. Poor Gabe, he doesn't do much. And he was stuck at home for basically the better part of two years because of COVID, barely saw his friends, doesn't travel much, doesn't do much. So to have his best buddy fly to New York and spend the weekend with him, just looking at Gabriel's face, Bernard, I could have froze my ass off. It wasn't going to matter. To your point, it was perfect. He was so happy. So happy it made those three days just uh, just really fly by. But I will tell you, at Hudson Yards on Saturday, you know, you go inside the mall. It's a gorgeous mall, Bernie, very similar to Columbus Circle and other nice malls you'll see in New York and New Jersey. It's beautiful. It's brand new. And you can see the vessel from inside the mall. And, of course, the vessel is this beautiful structure. Stephen Ross uh, owns all that, the same guy that owns Equinox, Soul Cycle, the Miami Dolphins. And you look at this vessel, this gorgeous, gorgeous structure, and it's shut down because a bunch of people went to the vessel just to commit suicide, which I don't understand. It's but terrible. why Why'd they shut that thing down? You can jump well, off any building. Uh, and same thing with uh, bridges. I mean, you could do exactly. I mean, why are people attracted to places like that? I mean, some glory in, uh, you know, committing suicide from some famous venue. I don't understand it. It's another depressing topic. It's a terrible, it is. terrible it is. thing to, to see a beautiful structure like that have to be shut down because of, you know, such, uh, such really, really sad circumstances. It's, it's awful. But, you know, to your point about uh, experiencing New York City and other things with uh, Gaby, uh, to this day, I remember with my kids, I did this on a couple of dozen occasions. I'd bring them into the city. I'd come into the city with them. And we would just walk. Sometimes it would be one of them. Sometimes it would be two of them. And i just walk around the whole damn city, walk through Little Italy, yep. uh, Chinatown, yep. walk across Wall Street to uh, the area you used to live in, to, yep. to, towards Florence's Tavern, yep. walk up to the Brooklyn Bridge, walk across the Brooklyn Bridge with my kids. Again, sometimes we take the subway for that experience as well. Walk across Brooklyn Bridge, uh, have some pizza on the other side, come back. And uh, I even remember at one point, uh, St. Patrick's Cathedral, taking my kids, and this is way before uh, Trump got into politics, taking them to Trump Tower. We were big fans of uh, the Celebrity Apprentice. So my point is this. They have those memories to this day. So do I. 
and that's what you and Gabe are going to have, uh, you know, from this weekend and other weekends as well. It's exactly what we did, too. We, you know, we, we, uh, Danielle actually said, let's walk across the Brooklyn Bridge. I'm like, Danielle, this is not May. It's not 65 and sunny. It was 31 degrees. I'm like, Danielle, I'm not walking across the bridge. It was a 40-minute wait for the ferry. So I'll be taking the ferry home every day soon. I wanted to get used to it a little bit, so we ended up taking the ferry. Brother, that was the first time on Saturday or Sunday taking the ferry. I've gotten yelled at in weeks for not wearing a mask because when you get on the ferry, when you board the ferry, you have to wear a mask. And if you sit inside the ferry, you have to wear a mask. If you go upstairs and you're outside, you don't have to wear a mask. But if you're inside, downstairs in the ferry, when you board the ferry, you must wear a mask. (laughs) And I said no. I said no. And the lady said, well, sir, you cannot get on the ferry. And Danielle's like, Sydney, will you stop? Stop already. I'm like, no. No, it's over. I'm not wearing a damn mask. And, of course, five minutes later, there I was like a putz, sitting there inside the ferry with Danielle Avonled wearing a mask. But that was the first time in weeks somebody yelled at me about wearing a mask downstairs in the ferry. So I know now in the future, when I take the ferry home next month, I'm going to sit upstairs so there are no masks. Yes, unless of course it's raining. Right, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, the, the, this, this this whole the thing's over. It's over, man. Wake up, people! The pandemic is over. They call it now maybe an endemic, as Bill Maher pointed out. At least that has the word "end" in it. Uh, it's over. It's done. There are hospitalizations, cases, all that stuff. Then they're, they're negligible. They're they're almost non-existent uh, at this point. Uh, so we're over. Apparently. Uh, the mask, you know, with the mask mandates and forcing people to wear masks, it's okay for adults not to wear masks. The only people who are still under that uh, sort of restriction are kids. For some reason, I don't know why, the kids are the last to be liberated from these suffocating, uh, really symbolic uh, waste of time masks. Uh, I, I don't understand it, but uh, it's over. It's over everywhere. You see it everywhere you go. Celebrities and, uh, I mean, uh, uh, New York City, of course, aside, you know, they still have these stupid rules. Eric Adams wouldn't take away the mask mandate that Bill de Blasio implemented. But, uh, yeah, it's done. Let's get over it. Let's move on to uh, 2022 and our new lives. I mean, we're we're free. We're liberated. uh, And that's it. It's over. So uh, I'm sorry you went through that experience on the ferry, but uh, it'll soon be – a non-issue for even for you uh, going home when uh, you start taking the ferry, which I look forward to hearing about. Yeah, I know you do. Uh, by the way, there are folks like Joy Behar who said last week she will wear a mask indefinitely because she still doesn't trust that the virus is over. And she's if she's on a subway, if she's in a crowded place, she will wear a mask forever. And I think that's good news for all of us because God knows we don't want to see uh, Joy Behar's face. And, and get her out. The notion that that uh, wretch actually takes the subway please i'm begging you she she says she's a rich lady she's insulated she she doesn't have to deal with uh you can make these sort of virtue signal uh, uh comments on a, a show with your fellow millionaire panelists it means nothing you're not going to wear a mask she's not going to do it it's just uh it's just her being uh you know the, the contrary uh uh, well, which that she is, actually. Uh, you know, I'm sorry to call the spade a spade, but that's what she is. She's a nasty, mean-spirited uh, woman. Uh, so I don't put you know, any stock in anything she says riding the subway. I'm begging you. <laughs> 1-800-848-WABC. 1-800-848-9222. Doesn't miss a step, not a beat. One hour in the books. A great hour with Bernard back. 
on this Tuesday morning. Bo Deedle coming up next hour. Lydia reports in the 8 o'clock hour. Beat Bernie in the 9 o'clock hour. The good news is we're only a quarter of the way done. Hour number two with Bernie and Sid is coming up. For the Olympics were miserable, which they were on NBC. The ratings for the Super Bowl were not miserable. And, by the way, here in New York, and I've said this for years, Bernie, you know that, to Cuomo, get that gambling thing passed. New Yorkers wagered $472 million on the Super Bowl. Almost 100 million people watched. Wow. And almost 100 million people watched the game. And that's the first year only. That's right. It's the first year only, and 100 million people watched wow. it. So you can say what you want about Roger Goodell. He's all those horrible things you call him. But at the end of the day, he's all about making money for the owners and ratings. And he gets them. The country loves football. That's the bottom line. Greg Kelly, we'll talk about that later. The country loves football. That's the bottom line. Hour number two of Bernie and Sid. Coming up, get the dev with the news. accident. Trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients and they will be able to help you, but don't take our word for it. Read their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avvo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today, 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or Email them at info at gabolaw.com. That's G-A-B-O-Law.com. Gabo Law, where winning is no accident. Fairy tales can come true. It can happen to you. If you're young at heart, for it's hard you will find to be, to be narrow of mind. If you're young at heart, back here on the Bernie and Sid show. Forgive me, ladies and gentlemen. It's uh, it's irresistible to sing along, uh, not to sing along with uh, old blue eyes. There, you have to be. You have to do it. You have to do it. I love the song in particular and its message. Uh, listen, we heard on the 77 WABC app. It's so I, I've been listening to the 77 WABC app in my absence. It is terrific. The programming is wonderful all day long. It's great stuff. Uh, everything from, of course, the Bernie and Sid show to the Greg Kelly show, Kill Me, uh, to Cats at Night. Uh, Kelly I needs to, to calm it all. down. Kelly needs to calm down. Stop yelling at my friend Mike Dino. I brought him to the station. Okay. I know you'll get to that later, but he's, he's got to no, no, calm down. No, no, let's get to it right now. You brought I mean, it up. calm down. Let's get to Jeez. it right now. Right now. You brought it up. Uh, let's do it. Uh, he was talking uh, last week, and, th- and I happen to hear this on the 77 WABC app. Uh, Greg Kelly is uh, this, this Matthew Stafford, as you know, the quarterback, the, the winning quarterback of the Los Angeles Rams. 
he's doing an interview with some woman, and then the woman falls down, falls <laughs> off the stage. She falls like six feet, oh, and okay. she fractures her back. Yeah. This guy, he doesn't even look at her. He walks away, takes a sip of water, and just walks down the podium and just walks away from his wife, who was mortified. She she try, tries to help the lady. But anyway, it was a, apparently a PR disaster for Stafford, the way he was so, you know, just uh, just so callous. Well, in the way. He was half in the bag. Come on. He's been partying all day. It was, uh, it was a parade there. Just won the Super Bowl. He, I don't know if he was callous. He, was, he just wasn't aware of what was going on. He was half in the bag. Well, so uh, I'm listening to, uh, again, Greg Kelly on the 77 WABC app. And your boy, Mike DiDino, who yeah. is, uh, I guess, his a phone screener or something like that? He's the call screener, but uh, he's a great sports guy. He's a great kid. And uh, he's now good friends with all these other kids. I brought him in here about, uh, well, over a year ago now. Well, what is it, Luke? What do you want to say? Mike also has a phenomenal podcast with me, Justin Ellick, and all right. uh, Mike. Yeah, it's just okay. It's not phenomenal. Okay, Go ahead, so listen, I'm sorry. Just, just, <laughs> I, I don't want to waste too much time on this. This was Greg <laughs> Kelly. He was uh, Mike DiDino's hero worship of athletes really rubbed uh, Kelly the wrong way. He was defending this guy, Matthew Stafford, and then Greg Kelly went off. I thought it was very entertaining. But uh, anyway, take a listen. The Dino, real quick. So what is up with this silly quarterback? How could he be so heartless? So based on the clip that I saw, he seemed boozed up, probably was drinking all day. Girl was recording him and his wife. Now, wait a second. Stop. Look, he's making excuses for him already. I'm sure he'll speak on why he did that today. Oh, uh, yeah, I know. The NFL is giving him talking points. The NFL will uh, coach him. They're business people. And you're a schmuck for going along oh, with this on. nonsense. I mean it, Mike. Stop. Enough. It's time to grow up. Oh, stop it. So what happens is, but but he's not really kidding. Like, I love Greg Kelly. Don't get me wrong. I love him. I think he's a tremendous talent. He's a very, very nice guy. He's not kidding there. And there's this feeling from guys that now have turned their back on sports that they're better than us. Like, they love cops more. They love America more. Just stop it, okay? The kid loves sports. 100 million people watch the Super Bowl. We don't idol worship. We enjoy the game. Stafford was hamp in the bag, wasn't paying attention. But Kelly coming on like that, he wasn't kidding there. the end, he was being completely serious. You're a schmuck. Grow up. That's a bit much. Uh, listen, all I know is uh, I'm laying on the hospital bed and I'm laughing out loud. <laughs> it was uh, funny. And, and that is the 77 WABC app, ladies and gentlemen. Your phone right there. And that's what I was doing. And it brought me some joy to hear that. Yes, I know he was serious, but it was great theater. In the meantime, and that's my only point. I'm not taking a side with Stafford I'm or, taking or, a side. Or, or, or Kelly I'm or Dino. De- I'm taking Dino's side. Kelly was too much. Well, listen, uh, I, I, well, I, if I have to take a side, Stafford should have showed more concern for that woman who fell off the damn okay, stage. Okay, but why is that the Dino's fault anyway? I'm, I'm not saying it was the Dino's fault. All right, well, then uh, if you're Greg Kelly and you're a big-time superstar and the Dino's trying to make his way into the well, business and Dino, you call the guy a schmuck and grow up because well, he likes he sports. Call, he should not have called him a schmuck, but the Dino should have acknowledged that there was, you know, a certain amount of inhumanity on the part oh, of whatever. Stafford. The woman could have died. Well, what, she didn't die, so, so anyway, whatever. Okay, there you go, there you go. <laughs> There you go. It was entertaining. 77 WABC app. Now, your boy, Chuck Todd. Yeah. We have this, uh, of course, Ukraine is in the news. I mean, it's sickening. I, I can't stand listening to it. I, I, don't, I don't care. It's a major distraction, if you ask me, from the failures of, of everything that's going on, inflation, crime, et cetera, et cetera. But anyway, uh, why is Putin doing what he's doing now? Listen to uh, Chuck Todd on Sunday asking this question of uh, of our Secretary of State, Antony Blinken, this uh, little woke, woke-tard weasel. Take a listen. Let me ask this question. 
in your assessment, why did Putin, why is he do, escalating with Ukraine now? Why didn't he do this under the previous administration, who wasn't as supportive of NATO? There you go. Asking that That's the right question to ask. And, uh, of course, uh, Blinken gave some weasel non-answer or whatever it is. But the, the, the answer to the question is that Trump was strong. Trump was they, they, they weren't going to pull anything under President Trump. Trump actually sent arms to Ukraine, where, whereas Obama had sent blankets. He sent them these really good anti-tank arms. Uh, there's a name to it, whatever the hell it was, this, this, this particular arm. But he sent it to them and they knew it. And he, he put sanctions on the Nord Stream 2 pipeline. He knew that they, Putin knew that the Trump meant business, and that's why he waited till now, till he has this weak, feeble, old imbecile as our commander in chief to pull this. Trump actually strengthened NATO by shaming them into paying their fair share. In the end, they were saying, "Oh, you're you 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 dis dividing the the our NATO allies. You're causing a rift." No, he made them pay more money. Remember that uh, whole episode? Of course, with he, France and Germany and right, London. But, but, but you've got to give my boy Chuck Todd some credit here. Implied in that question was the answer you just gave, which was, why didn't the last administration? Because Chuck Todd was saying, well, you guys are pussies, well, and Donald uh, Trump was it. You say i got to give your boy Chuck Todd credit. That's why I'm playing it. No, he know, asked the right question. That was the bingo. That was the right question. That's about the third time in the last three weeks that you played something from Chuck Todd, which pointed out just how feeble this administration is. So while we, you know, we spend a lot of time killing folks like him, it seems like, at least in Chuck's case, he's come around just a little. Absolutely. I mean, uh, and, uh, you know, listen, if not, you're being dishonest, uh, which wouldn't be the first time for fake newsers to be dishonest. But that President Trump, he increased our leverage over Russia by making us energy independent. Now they, Europe is dependent on Russian oil. They're like the cock of the, uh, you know, the walk out there. The what? In Europe. Yeah, that's, that's right. The, the cock of the walk. Yeah, look it up. <laughs> you can't yeah, He's like the big, 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 big deal. I mean, German, <laughs> Germany and Europe, they went green. And now the, the, the wind didn't blow over the summer. I don't know if you heard this. The wind didn't blow. They had a complete and total... Uh, disastrous energy crisis, and they want this oil and gas from Russia. They need it, and that's who they're depending on. And that wasn't the case under President Trump. Sanctions on the Nord Stream pipeline. I'm always right. And we had the Keystone pipeline, and uh, the the, the imbecile canceled the uh, oil uh, and gas leases on federal lands, Anwar, all these places. He really, really neutered us, did uh, uh, Joe Biden, enabling this situation to emerge and that was the point of Chuck Todd's question. And, yes, all credit to him. Trump, Trump projected strength, man. You had Rocket Man. He was, he was under, uh, you know, he was sucking his thumb. He was laying back. Same thing with uh, President Xi. He wasn't going to pull anything. Now look for him to invade Taiwan at some point. And then now, you, you, speaking of weakness, they send over this, uh, this idiot vice president, this woman, who, uh, well, let's just say that uh, she had a boyfriend who helped her get to the top of California politics and ultimately to be the number two uh, p- powerful person in the country. Her name is Kamala Harris, and she's over there for some reason. She's over there in Munich. I mean, they're laughing at us, but one of the things, she embarrassed herself big time. She, she could not speak whatsoever coherently or you know, with, with any strength, but she did say this about what we, we are to expect 
if there is a war. Take a listen. When America stands for her principles and all of the things that we hold dear, um, it requires sometimes for, for us to put ourselves out there in a way that maybe we will incur some cost. And in this situation, um, that may relate to energy costs, for example. So all of a sudden, America is this great place with principles. And, uh, and then she's telling us we are going to incur some costs because of their policies. Uh, we are going to incur costs? Uh, I don't think she's going to. It's going to be the working man who's going to pay more at the gas tank, more for home heating oil. That's what, what she's essentially telling us. And uh, they didn't warn us about that back when they were you know, you know, beating the war drums. And there she is in Munich, Germany, wearing a stupid mask. And then she sounds so, again, so incoherent. This woman representing us, you know, in, in this, this military conflict. Listen to this uh, ramble. Take a listen. We still sincerely hope that there is a diplomatic path out of this moment. And within the context then of the fact that that window is still opening, although, open, although it is absolutely narrowing, but within the context of a diplomatic path still being open, the deterrence effect, we believe, has merit. I mean, listen, guys, we're talking about the potential for war in Europe. I mean, let's really take a moment to understand the significance of what we're talking about. Uh, I think it's we been know. over 70 years. And through those 70 years, as I mentioned yesterday, there has been peace and security. No, there hasn't. 70 years. The Berlin Wall came up in 1990. Uh, What's the math there? What is that, like 50 years ago? Uh, So this idiot, uh, again, just they're belly laughing uh, at the United States with the leadership, the military leadership, all the leadership that we have, the diplomatic leadership. It's a joke. Putin is laughing. Xi is laughing. And uh, Rocket Man is laughing. There's no question about it. You know, uh, I mentioned earlier in the show, Sid, that uh, Alvin Bragg was busted. Some dude uh, with 46 priors charged with grand larceny. He actually lowered the charges. And, of course, we talked a little bit about Eric Adams' subway uh, plan, which went into effect yesterday. Over the weekend, there were a bunch of assaults. Crime is rising, not declining, under Eric Adams. And uh, people are taking notice uh, Bill Maher actually had a funny line regarding a stabbing on the subway last week. Take a listen to this. I saw a headline in the New York Post the other day. It said, breakdancer stabbed on the subway in unprovoked attack. Now, it really raises the question, if you're breakdancing on the subway, is it unprovoked? <laughs> That's actually kind of funny. No, That's it's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. But all good comedy is grounded in truth. Hey, get up off the floor, man. What are you, breakdancing in the subway? The subway, what is it, six feet wide, for God's sakes? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, get the hell off. You're more of a nuisance than the guy with the knife. Oh, then they, they do this thing where they, they swing. They're almost like a trapeze artists from the, the poles. Yeah. And they come literally half an inch away from kicking right across the head. It's You're very... like, you got to sit back like this, and then i got to give the guy money on top of all of that. What are you, nuts? <laughs> it's, it's, it's like going to the bathroom at a, at a nice restaurant in New York City. Can I pee for free? i got to spend money on appetizers, entrees, desserts, coffee, booze, and now just to take a piss? Really? Yeah. What the hell is going on in this exactly. city? It, it, it's, it's, it's falling apart is what's going on. And uh, but but people, I think there is uh, somewhat of an awakening. There said people are getting religion. A lot of people, uh, people have quit the Manhattan DA's office uh, out in California in San Francisco. Uh, you probably heard about this. There was this uh, recall of a school board. They've they recalled three woke school board members 
in liberal San Francisco by 70 percent. I saw that. These people were recalled. Yep. And there, there's a recall effort for their a very woke tard a, a district attorney, this Chesa Bodine, the son of terrorists. Uh, anyway, this woman, again, on the Bill Maher show, she's a former d- district attorney, a former assistant district attorney for uh, San Francisco. She quit, and she's leading the charge to get the, this Chesa Boudin recalled. And she said this about why they, they all these DAs, these George Soros-funded DAs, are, they want to let the pr- prisoners out of jail. Listen to what she said. I think uh, we are in a culture now where radical extremism is what's cool. And they have found it uh, appropriate to demonize anyone who wants order in society, who wants to hold perpetrators of crime accountable in society. Um, if, you, if you believe that you know, murderers should go to prison, uh, then somehow you are a beacon of white supremacy or you're a racist. Bingo, yep. bingo, bingo. And this woman was black, by the way, and she's a liberal. Uh, but, they're, they're, again, this awakening is occurring among some people, substantial people. This is not a lightweight. This is a former assistant district attorney in uh, San Francisco. One last thing. You mentioned the masks that you were on the uh, ferry and they were harassing you. And Joy Behar says she's going to wear a mask forever. Uh, well, Bill Gates was uh, actually on a panel. Bill Gates, who runs Microsoft, this arrogant uh, Jeffrey Epstein pal, a potential rapist. I don't know what was what was he doing with Jeffrey Epstein. Anyway, he's on a panel with a bunch of women. They're all maskless, maskless, by the way. And uh, he said this. Take a listen. What about masks? I think there are a lot of people in America who are confused about whether they should be wearing a mask. And in the United Kingdom, for example, they've scrapped that altogether. Well, that's interesting. You know, what is the downside of wearing a mask? I mean, it's got to be tough. You know, you have to wear pants. Uh, I mean, this is tough oh, stuff. Sure. These societies are so cruel. Why do they make you wear pants? I'm trying to figure it out. Uh, <laughs> We're very glad you have yours on. Um, yeah. so, uh, that will be on the web. That <laughs> will be on the web. Yeah, yeah. Ask Melinda about you wearing pants, Bill. Uh, very good. Smart-ass piece of garbage is what he is. Uh, yeah, the elite. Yeah. Why Sitting there, by the way. Not wearing a mask. You know, it's funny. My daughter, Ava, she, you know, she wears a mask all the time in New York City. And, you know, we lost her. She was, when I first came back to New York, as you remember very vividly, Bernard, she was a Trump supporter. And and she's gone completely the other way. She was indoctrinated by the schools and the people here in New York. But she's been in London now for the last week. She's coming home Sunday. And every video I get, every picture I get is a maskless Ava walking the streets of London, England. I'm not going to ask her. How's that going for you, kid? Because, again, in New York, if we take the elevator downstairs, she wears a mask. But in London, no issue. No mask. Having the time of her life. I'm telling you, it's something about New York. As soon as you leave, you become a normal person again. Uh, Yes. As a matter of fact, Boris Johnson just yesterday, a big announcement. uh, Restrictions uh, evaporating. They're going to be gone by April 1st. All restrictions. They're going back to normal. You have other countries as well, Ireland, Norway, a bunch of uh, Scandinavian countries. Yeah, New York, of course, uh, probably next to San Francisco, the wokest city in the country, maybe the world, who knows. But, uh, yeah, we are at the epicenter of uh, this lunacy right here. But it's going to end as well because uh, the people people are sick of it. It's over. The, the pandemic is over, done. done. And, and then you have Bill Gates, people like Bill Gates, you know, smarmy, rich, in his private jet. He doesn't have to wear a mask. 
while people on planes are suffocating with the stupid masks on. Well, that may be end. Uh, that may be ending soon too, thanks to Rand Paul. I know he was talking quite a bit about it this weekend. That he wants to put out legislation that uh, the next couple of weeks uh, gets rid of masks on planes, which I wholeheartedly agree with. And of course, the kids—they'll be the last to 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 to, to uh, get rid of the mask. A real a real crime against humanity. What we did to the kids. You had the CDC come out and say that uh, some speech pattern of progress used to be 24 months. Kids should be able to do this, that, or the other. And now they uh, extended it to 30 months because now they have to wear masks and they can't read faces. That that just came out over the weekend. But we knew that already, that was stunting their emotional and physical growth uh, wearing these masks. On the Bernie and Sitcha, 1-800-848-9222. We're coming right back. Bill O'Reilly here, and I'm warming up from the NRIA.net studios in New York. Stand by for the O'Reilly Update Morning Edition. On this Tuesday, to no one's surprise, the latest revelations from special counsel John Durham are not being reported honestly, and folks are confused because much of the corporate media misreported the bogus Russian collusion story. Those organizations don't want Americans to know what really happened in 2016. The awful situation centers around Hillary Clinton's attempt to defeat Donald Trump for the presidency. The Clinton campaign knew three things for certain. That rumors were floating around linking Trump to corruption in Russia. That some officials in the FBI and the CIA would help Hillary Clinton because they hated Trump. And that the Clinton campaign had big money to spend on espionage against the Trump campaign. It would not be hard to trump up damaging allegations against Mr. Trump and those working for him. And that's exactly what happened. Special counsel Robert Mueller could find no collusion at all by Donald Trump or any of his associates. The charges were false and defamatory. The key question now is the one Richard Nixon faced in Watergate. What did Hillary Clinton know and when did she know it? The anti-Hillary forces have already convicted her of high crimes. But in the interest of due process, I am not going to do that. I will say Mrs. Clinton has so much dubious stuff on her resume, it's difficult for any intelligent person to give her the benefit of the doubt. That is a fair assessment. I do not know if John Durham will find the truth. But I do know it's vital that he do so. That is the Morning O'Reilly Update. More analysis later on. On your Tuesday morning, Bernie and Sid. Bernie back today. Great to have him back. Bo Dietl coming up in about uh, 10 minutes. So this is about the time of the show, Bernard, where I'll give out my TV recommendation, which I've been doing more and more often these days because I watch a lot of television. I like it. 
I know you do. So uh, I got caught up last night. I know you heard of this lady. Her real name is Anna Sorokin, and they refer to her as the Soho Grifter. And I guess, I don't know how, but she became this uh, elite socialite here in New York, ended up uh, knowing everybody, making tons and tons of money, and then uh, did some illegal stuff. And uh, she went to prison for it. It's on Netflix. It turns out that Netflix play, uh, paid, I should say, Sorokin about 320000 for the role. And one of my favorite TV shows, right up there with Yellowstone, is Ozark. I love Ozark. I think Jason Bateman is phenomenal. Laura Linney is great. And the girl that plays a character, Ruth, in the show Ozark, her name is Julia Garner. She is a great little actress. She plays... Aaron, uh, I should say, uh, Anna Sorokin in this movie, in this Netflix movie, and I don't love her. I don't love her in that role. I love her in Ozark. I don't love her in this role. And to be honest, I was bored with the movie, so I don't box and friends and a whole feature on it. And again, she got a lot of money, over 300000 from Netflix to uh, to do this, the real-life person, Sorokin. But I'm not giving it uh, I'm not giving it five Mookies, Bernard. I'm just not. So it's like, it's like for me, well, it's like two and a half Mookies. If you don't endorse it, I'm not going to uh, check it out. There you I'm have it. Gonna, no, I'm not, I'm not going to sample it. I'm not going to waste my time. So, uh, no, goodbye, Sorokin. What, what, it was poorly acted? Uh, yeah, the story just, wasn't gripping it, enough it, it, or what? It, it, not breaking. It, the story wasn't, um, wasn't, it didn't move enough for me. The acting is not very, very good. It's kind of silly. And I tend to enjoy most of these shows on Amazon Prime and Netflix. And very few have I walked away with, with at least not saying I, I can enjoy it. This one didn't do it for me. And uh, as I get set for the release of my book, I can tell you this. Andrew Cuomo got $5.1 million for his book. I got nowhere near that. Well, how about this one? Take Andrew Cuomo's book money and triple it. Triple it, folks, because that's the money that Britney Spears just got $15 million to do a memoir, a tell-all memoir. And uh, I have to imagine, Bernard, that's going to be a huge, huge seller. $15 million for Britney Spears' memoir. The question is, Bernard McGurk, you love to read. I'm not sure Britney Spears is uh, is up your alley. You're more of a World War II that type of guy. But well, would you read the Britney Spears memoir? Of course not. No Absolute, chance? Not, 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 any, not remotely. What if she talks about lesbian sex with Paris Hilton? I can't, Listen, I have porn on my phone. Oh. If I want any oh, of I, that I, stuff. I know. I've seen your phone in studio. Uh, no, no. Well, <laughs> I, I say that not because of me. Everybody oh, no. has porn on their phone. Everybody So does, any yeah. of that yeah. type of stuff, but salacious some of us have more, more than others in your phone especially. But I understand uh, what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I'm just making a point. <laughs> I, I don't even... Uh, Honestly, I don't even know how to access it, to be quite sure. <laughs> to be right. quite frank. Go with that, right. Yeah. I have no idea how to access ah, it. But, uh, right. but Britney Spears talking about a lesbian, and <laughs> whatever. I just don't care about Britney Spears. I mean, God bless her, $15 million. There are a lot of people out there. The whole free Britney movement, which I thought was uh, stupid and frivolous. God bless them. It's a free country. Everybody's entitled to do it, whatever the hell they want. I got my copy of Bill O'Reilly's Killing the Killers now, that's a real yesterday. Book. There you go. That is a real book. I started reading it last night. It is already terrific. It's gripping. And he says it's his most important work ever, Killing the Killers by Big Bad Bill O'Reilly. That's my speed. It's more my speed. You know, I actually started reading, believe it or not, just for fun, you know, for laughs, uh, the, the Last of the Mohicans by uh, James Fenimore Cooper. Oh, that's a classic. Yeah, I mean, just for, for, for laughs. I just right. started reading it. It sure. was pretty good. But here's the thing. I'm going to connect it to sports. Uh, and I probably gave it away. Uh, what's the uh, significance of the name Cooper 
to uh, sports. Uh, you tell me, Sid Rosenberg. Well, we just uh, watched the Super Bowl. The Rams beat the Bengals. And the guy that actually won the triple crown this year at wide receiver in the NFL for most receptions, most receiving yards, and most touchdowns also won the Super Bowl MVP, and his name is Cooper Cup. Uh, okay, that's good, but that's not the connection. Okay, uh, then how about this one? How about there are three Manning brothers, Peyton Manning, superstar in the NFL, Hall of Famer, Eli Manning, soon to be a Hall of Famer, the third brother, Cooper Manning, soon to be 35. That's good, too. I'll give you one more uh, chance, and I'll give you a, a hint. Okay. Uh, this is a geographical location, uh, the name James Fenimore Cooper. And uh, I'll throw you one more. It's in New York. Cooperstown, where the Major League Baseball, not the Major League, where the Baseball Hall of Fame is. Bingo. Oh, baby. That is how they came up. Uh, the Coopers founded Cooper's, Cooperstown. That's really? uh, James Fenimore wow. Cooper's dad. Founded that town. It's Cooperstown. And uh, just a little trivia for you. Meaningless. You know, it's not going to make you any money. Justin but, Ellick, uh, uh, give me two people right now that never played baseball but are in the Hall of Fame. Um, Abner Doubleday. <laughs> You're such a <laughs> Give me two people right now that never played baseball but are in the Hall of Fame. Well, I know there's probably a couple commentators in there. That's true. Um, let's but the see. the two most famous um, TV stars. TV stars? Yes. So they are broadcasters? No. Oh, you know the that's... answer to this, Bernard? I do not. TV stars. Who's on first? What's on second? Oh, Abbott and Costello. Bang. Bingo. Really? They're, they're in the they're, Hall of Fame just for a joke? Well, that's one of the greatest bits of all time. Are what you, you mean kidding? just for a joke? What is it, Jackie Martling? That's one of the greatest bits of all time. Yeah, but what, what are you putting on their plaque? Like the whole joke? It's not a joke. It's a whole skit. I understand, but they have a they have a plaque, presumably. What do you yes, put on the they, plaque? They've got a bus for the for the skit, the baseball skit that they did. This you, is you, not this is not a rabbi, a priest, and a Muslim walk into a bar. You listen, know what I'm saying? this is like uh, this is seventy years later. When we, when you say who's on first, we know exactly what you're talking about. Exactly. There you go. That's so, true. Thank you, Bernie. That's a good point, Bernie. Thank you, Bernie. Bingo. Bingo. Back here on the Bernie and Sid Show. Love this song. Love it. Who the hell does this song, Justin? The Wallflowers. The Wallflowers. This is actually Bob Dylan's son, right? Right, Jacob Dylan. That's right. Yeah. Yep. Great, great song. Anyway, listen. uh, By the way, Bob Dylan is from what state? Bob Dylan is from the state of confusion. Uh, That's a good guess, but not correct. You have the the actual guess? Uh, I would say uh, New York. That is incorrect. He actually is from the same state as the great artist Prince was from. Oh, uh, Minnesota. Very, very good. That's right. That's right. Uh, Except, uh, yeah, uh, Mr. Dylan is still around. Yes, barely. uh, (laughs) Barely, yeah. He's always uh, an an enigma, let's put it that way. He's he's a weird, mysterious dude. Uh, But speaking of uh, somebody who's not an enigma, Sid Rosenberg, by the way, you can check us out on the 77 WABC app. It is great. Right on your phone, folks. I've been, I was listening to it while I was out. It was a terrific. Great lineup on 77 WABC, the 77 WABC app. Anyway, joining us right now is uh, a man who uh, I, I, my love knows no bounds for Bo Deedle. He's a great man, a great American, a great former NYPD detective, and uh, just a terrific guy, actor, everything. 
He sent me something, by the way. This uh, Hillary Clinton was in the news last week, of course. She gave a speech. She's thinking about running in 2024. Everybody presumes. And Bo Deedle sent me something about uh, her and Bill's uh, history. Let's bring him in. Bo Deedle, good morning to you, sir. <laughs> good morning, Bernie. When I hear your voice with Sid, man, I love it. I love you, and, I'm, and, and welcome back. Every time you come back, I feel great. It brings back great memories. This week is a big week for the old crew. I don't know if you guys remember my old crew. We used to meet at the Four Seasons at 5 o'clock every night. This week just happens to be all their birthdays. Nick Pelleggi today is 88. Then you got Shelly the Taylor at Tamaria. He's going to be 82. And then you got uh, Al Tomatoes. And you got Mike the Russian. They're all their birthdays. And then my dear friend who departed us, he took the pipe. Joey Potts and Pants. Yeah, my Joey Potts. You know, I don't remember you meeting at 5 o'clock in the afternoon, Bo, but I have to tell you that I remember that whole crew, Mike the Russian, all these people, uh, Monday nights at Nino's Restaurant. We would watch Monday Night Football <laughs> together. We're on that mural that that lady painted. And, and one night Tommy Lasorda is there. One night Dan Marino is there. One night Chris Carter was there. You always had like a special guest like you do at Rayo's. Monday nights at Nino's with your crew. I remember that 20 years ago. Those nights were a blast. Yeah, well, we used to be able to smoke those illegal Cuban cigars at the Four Seasons. <laughs> so we used to meet at 5 o'clock with our little crew there every every night at 5. It was a great time. And you know what, Bernie? I just love to hear your voice. You sound strong. God bless you. You're going to be fine. You know, I got I got a little something that will hit me there. My brother, Frank, my last surviving brother, as a matter of fact, he's going to be on March 1st. He's going to be 85 years old. So wow. he started with the diabetes crap. And my friend Jack Morris, and uh, he's the chairman of yep. Robert Wood Johnson Hospital, one of my dearest friends. He saved my brother's life twice when he flatlined. Now you got to – my brother developed that gangrene stuff in his, in his foot, same as my brother Alan. So I rushed him over there. Let me tell you something. They took such great care of him. Dr. Rahimi, they put a uh, artery into his leg. Blood flew. They operated last night, and the doctor called me up. Uh, Dr. Craig, Craig uh, uh, Bachman, and he said, oh, my God, when we opened his foot up, the blood gushed out. This is the first time that I was glad to hear blood gushing out. You know what that meant? That meant the bypass brought the blood to the foot, and he is going to heal. So that's great news as far as I'm concerned. I love you know? it. Love to hear that. That's, that's fantastic. It's good news, Bo Deedle yes. on the Bernie and Sid Show. Hey, Bo, just quickly, uh, I teased it a little bit with the thing you sent me about the uh, Clintons. I don't know. Do you want to talk about that? Uh, the fact that, uh, well, they're they're essentially mass murderers. They they, they murdered more people than uh, Son of Sam and Ted Bundy combined, <laughs> apparently. Well, you know, there's a there's a there's a long long list of the death counts of the Clintons, and very unexplained. And me be me being a uh, detective, there's a lot of questions with James McDougal, Mary Mahoney, goes Vince Foster, Ron Brown. It just goes on. I think there's about 43. Ed Wiley, I'm just throwing some names. Vince Foster. Ferguson. And, and it just keeps going on and on. For some reason, when people are around the Clintons, uh, they could show up where they take the pipe. And all these people, I think the 43 of them, died under mysterious circumstance. The only common denominator is they had a relationship of some kind with uh, Big Bill, the, uh, the pervert. And uh, Hillary, I want to run again president. And, I mean, these things are not make-believe when you have 43 people 
surprisingly take the pipe. Yeah. And there's no explanation to a lot of them. So and with, with Vince Foster, the blood actually ran up the hill. Yes, it did. That's <laughs> true. That's true. It did. Now, I've seen that story a, a lot uh, the last couple of years. It's more than 43 names. There's actually one story that has 119 names, 119 people that uh, mysteriously died that were associated with the Clintons. But I do want to ask you about a local official, Bo Deedle. Uh, I saw this yep. this morning, and I liked hearing this. You know, obviously, we are dead set on either Lee Zeldin, Andrew Giuliani, or Rob Astorino winning the gubernatorial next November and taking it out of the hands of this Kathy Hochul, who's just a complete waste of time. But now we've got an old friend who is mulling coming back. What do you think about the possibility, Bo Deedle, of George Pataki running for governor again? Wow. Wow. I read it this morning. 76 is the new 66. All I can tell you, I, I, I see the governor all the time. I run into him up the rails. I don't like this guy. I love this guy. And I tell you what, that could be the possibly thing that we need in this state. And I think that he'd be able to get a lot of traction with a lot of people from all sides, Democrats, Republicans. That just changes my mind. I love George Pataki. This state needs a person with a brain. I mean, we see what's going on with, with the bail reform. Now, 65% of all New York State people, 65% want to tighten up this bail reform. Now, if the people, 65%, want this, and this governor and this head of the, uh, of the Senate and the head of the Assembly are not doing it, well, let's vote them out. I would, I would love George Pataki. I think he's the one that takes out everybody, and he looks like a governor. He looks like a president to me. Yes, and he I looks like Abe Lincoln, actually. He does, yeah. yeah. He does. yeah. Hey, by the way, yeah. he, took, he, took, he took out Mario Cuomo. Mario Cuomo, he took him out. He's got the gravitas, the experience, uh, the, does Pataki. 9-11, right, yeah, That's I mean, right, that's right. Taking nothing away again from uh, Astorino, Zeldin, or Giuliani, Pataki would be a wonderful, wonderful choice. Wow. I think he could dethrone uh, this, uh, this Kathy Hopeless. <laughs> Absolutely. So, so, yeah, yeah with okay. us, so, so listen, Bo Deedle, uh listen, I, we, I, you, know, you were on the show last week. Of course, I wasn't here. Uh, Eric Adams' honeymoon period is over. Yeah. He announced yeah. the measures to uh, clean the subways of the homeless people. And uh, in my absence, he had a, uh, an incident regarding race where he was accusing the press of racism because they don't look like yeah. him, et cetera, et cetera. So what is your assessment of him as of today, Tuesday, uh, at the end of February here? Uh, ho- hold on a second. Let me wipe the egg off my face. Hold on. I'm, I'm <laughs> All right. To be very honest with you, I, I'm not over happy when I'm watching, but I'm glad to see he's taking this initiative. You know, a lot of people don't understand about homeless. When you have homeless, you have mentally ill people. You have a, uh, a emotionally disturbed person that is violent. Now you have two types of criminals that are, that are, that are brandishing weapons and everything. You have the emotionally disturbed, that means mentally ill, that have to be dealt with. They could kill people. The, the guy that pushed the woman in front of the train, the guy that stabbed the Asian woman, these were mentally ill people. You also have the other criteria of the gang-banging little punks who have a career life of robbing people and murdering people. So there's two different fronts. I'm very happy to see that they're doing some kind of initiative with the home, the homeless, mentally ill especially. Now he's got to go before city council. And then if you feel as though someone is mentally ill, it could be violent to the people on the street, 
you have to do some sort of an order where they forcibly have to be able to remove them because they are violence to the public. They are, they are, uh, the public is at risk. These are things that Eric Adams has to jump on. As far as I'm concerned, I catch it from right and left. All I say is that he's doing something now. And I love the idea about putting nurses and uh, people with the police officer. This way, the police officers don't have to confront the mentally ill, ill people. Let them get some of these uh, good, good old Joes to talk to them and see where it went wrong in their life and escort them into a facility where we can take care of them, get mental health, medication if necessary. This is a, it's a move. Eight years, Big Bird de Blasio did nothing for this. At least he's doing something with this. As far as everything else goes, you know how I feel. I feel about stop and frisk can be used in a very professional manner, and I really feel as though he has to realize one thing. He was elected on one reason, law and order, crime. He has to understand, if he doesn't clean this city up, there's no running for president. There's no running for anything. Right now he's in a catbird seat to clear this city, clean this city up. If he does that, you know, the sky is the limit for him. But right. one thing about him, and you got to admit, you got to admit, Sid Bernie, no, no disrespect to you, Sid, yeah. but he's the best-dressed mother effer you <laughs> ever saw. Get out of here. I kick his ass. But he, he, uh, for a mayor, he's pretty good. Hey, very... and by the way, you're a brilliant dresser. You look like a million bucks every day, Bo. And do you know, Bo Deedle, that our mutual friend, a man that you introduced me to last year, was in Brooklyn yesterday down at the actual site, it's now a church, I think, of the Gemini Lounge yes. bar. Your boy Danny A is in town scouting out the old Gemini Lounge. Yeah, and the Gemini Lounge looks the same. When I was a, a, a detective in uh, Brooklyn, it looks the same. It has that white stucco out there yeah, yeah. with the bricks, and, and, and it looks the same. And he, he actually uh, FaceTimed me from there yesterday. You're still in that movie, right? Still in that movie. I got a huge role. I'm playing uh, Dracula, the first cousin. He called me from the bar yesterday. He wanted me to come down. I couldn't do it. I was actually reading for another role, believe it or not, yeah, about the uh, 1963 stock exchange. Yeah, but you want to know something? I picked the wig out for you. You got this long 1970 <laughs> wig you're going to wear. Forget about the bald head. We didn't have bald head guys. Hey, guys, Black Lives Matter. All of a sudden, what happened to 60 to $80 million from corporate funds and all that with the BLM, GF, and all that? Now, all of a sudden, Black Lives Matter hired this creep, Mark Dias. Yep. And all of a sudden, he's the same guy from the uh, from the Trump thing with the dossier. So I guess they got to get a lawyer to defend them that's as creepy as they are. So they hired the biggest creep in the world to just show you. But there's only one problem. Nobody knows where that 60 to 80 million. I know where that hmm. money went. All we got to do is check the ownership of homes that were bought by these people. That right. money was supposed to go and help people in the communities. That money was supposed to be for people for just uh, for social justice causes. You know where it went? It went into buying houses. These creeps should all get indicted yep. for, uh, for misuse of these funds. That's we know. All. I just. We know, we know where it didn't go. That's uh, very importantly, and uh, people should go to jail. It was a scam. It was a con. These people are communists. They're racist. And I hope that a whole lot of them go to jail. I don't know too many names, but uh, the, 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 I don't count on this Department of Justice to uh, yeah. you know perpetrate much justice, but maybe uh, – in the next administration, hopefully something yeah. will be done. Hey, Bo, you're great. We love you. Terrific appearance. Hey, 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 Bernie, Bernie, yeah. on the way out with the, with the masks, my daughter's a school teacher, special ed, third grade. 
And it's impossible for these teachers, especially special ed, when they have to see the lifts and the dip, that you see the teachers lift. It's impossible for them to teach these third grade students. And the teachers are going through this. When are we going to say enough is enough? So these kids, two years, these kids haven't learned the damn thing. We're going to have a, a two-year gap in the learning ability of these children. And next week, I'm going to talk about a very special thing. It's called Beable. And Beable is a software for learning for children starting from kindergarten to high school. Wait till you hear about this. This is going to be for next week's show. It's the most unbelievable software. It stays with the kid. It gives them their social adaptiveness. If, if they have a problem with math or, or reading, it helps them all along, not just during the school hours, off time, summers and everything. And it brings them right to a direction where they know what they want to be and you support them. This is what I'm all about, educating our young kids at the That's earliest right. age that they could be anything they want to be, whether they're black, white, or Asian. You can be anything. I want to be part of educating all these young kids so they don't have this taste of negativity and hatred. And well said, Bo Dita. Listen, you're a great man, a great American. Some, something to look forward to next Tuesday, folks, this app that uh, Bo Dita is talking about. Bo, thank you so much for thank appearing you, on the Bo. Bernie and Said Show. Thank great, you, great appearance. You're the man. Yeah, he is the man. How could he be the man if you're the man? No, you're the man. No, you're the man. No, 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 you're the man. No, 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 back today and he's been great these uh these two hours been fantastic coming up this hour lydia reports she'll be here at 8 25 a lot of folks between my morning message that i do literally at 6 a.m three minutes before me and bernie start on my instagram page at rosenberg.sydney at rosenberg.sydney and also watching us live right now on wabc radio.tv wabc radio.tv remarking on my shirt today they love the shirt i bought this shirt in a very, very gay store, very gay, in the village, circa 2016. And uh, brought it down to Miami with me when I lived there, and now bringing it back out and uh, getting a whole bunch of uh, comments on the shirt. Gabby Lopez getting them to us. Bernard tells you every morning, download this magnificent show on the WABC app, 77 WABC Radio. Make sure you do that. And uh, we'll all be good to go. One baseball note, the Staten Island Ferry Hawks 
I believe the home opener will be May the 3rd at that gorgeous new stadium on Staten Island. And, of course, uh, we did name, we, <laughs> Edgardo Alfonso, New York Met Hall of Famer, as the manager a couple of weeks ago. Gary Perone doing a great job. I walked into Eric Schepler on the streets of New York City on Valentine's Day, him and his lovely wife, a couple of weeks ago. Anyway, long story short, the Staten Island Ferry Hawks have now named their very first player Manager is there. Team president is there. GM is there. Their very first player, 27-year-old Casey Clemens. Now, that name sounds familiar. You're exactly right. He is, in fact, the son of the great baseball pitcher, Roger Clemens. The wow. first. How about that, Bernie, huh? That's huge. Isn't that funny? Clemens. Yes, Casey Clemens. He was part of the Texas Ranger organization. He played in other teams as well, I believe, in, in Major League Baseball, in their organizations. He is the first player on the Staten Island Ferry Hawks, Roger Clemens' son, Casey Clemens. Now, back to yesterday for a second. Well, you know how I used to hate uh, Roger Clemens? Yeah, I still do. I, I hated his guts. I, I thought he was punk, a lowlife. He He's all what he did yeah. to uh, Mike Piazza. Mike Piazza that day. Yeah. yeah. But uh, he was, last month, he was at the Trump rally in Texas, so <laughs> now, now I love the guy. <laughs> ay, 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 ay. I do like that about him, too. I do know that he's a big Trump supporter, and, but he's a, he's a skee-ball. But anyway, it's fine. Uh, his kid is now on the Staten Island Ferry Hawks, and that's very, very exciting. So yesterday was President's Day, and John Katzmatidis was here for three hours. He did a very good job. Uh, but I did ask everybody on the cast, Bernie, who they thought the best president was ever. And without any hesitation, I mean no hesitation, the brilliant Justin Ellick. You're going to lie again. You're, you're going to go on and lie? Lie about what? You were going to you're going to you were going to joke around and say that I said Obama, weren't you? What what, what did you say? What did I say? When I, said, I he, asked you who the best president was in your lifetime, what did you say? I said the easy answer is Trump. But no, no, I, no, 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 you never even mentioned Trump's I name. I did. No, I literally did. I'll hey, pull look, the, I'll pull the clip for you. You go pull the clip. You said without any hesitation, without even mentioning anybody else, and you were dead serious, Barack Obama. I did not. I literally did not do say you, that. Do you believe this, Bernard? Well, I'm, I'm having a hard time uh, deciphering all this. You uh, either he this? said it or he didn't. It's on tape. He 100% said it. That's why Lou Rufino's going to run the board well, starting I, soon. I'll tell you what, though. <laughs> you gave uh, it away. I guess I gave it away. <laughs> well, but here, here, here you go, Justin. Who was the best president? I mean, now was, now's your chance to clear it up. Well, uh, the answer that I did actually give no, in you, truth. You, you, Obama, that's the truth. Bernie, was uh, Trump would be the easy answer. But uh, in my lifetime, I, I know that Bill Clinton had a very good first term, and then he came back for his second term and kind of pooped in his bed. And, Son of you know. a bitch, look at you. But uh, that, that was, that's pretty much it for my lifetime. I guess you could say George W. did okay. How about one answer? How about one president? One. Just give how, us one. How, how about Abraham Lincoln? <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, but in I mean, my lifetime, Bill Bern, Clinton? I think that, that was in, in the In your oh, lifetime, okay. give us one answer. One. In my lifetime, one answer, yeah. I would have to say Bill Clinton's first term was, okay, that's fine. was solid. So he's going with Bill Clinton's first term after saying Obama yesterday. Either way, two Democrats. Yeah, of course, uh, Bill Clinton, you know, he came into, uh, you know, fortuitous uh, circumstances. Uh, the end of the Cold War, he reaped the dividends of the the end of the Cold War. And, you know, we had the tech boom, of course, started in the 90s. And we had a Republican uh, Congress who kicked his ass into uh Running to the middle, uh, you know, he lost big in 94. Right, but don't forget also. So he had to do the right thing. He did. And don't forget also that when Justin Ellick mentions Bill Clinton, you have to remember where Justin Ellick grew up. He played doctor with Chelsea Clinton in Bill's basement when he was like five years old in Chappaqua. Yes, that's right. So he, uh, you know, he, he's a, he comes biased. He's a Chappaqua boy, just like Bill and Hillary Clinton. So, 
But uh, uh, easy answer on uh, the best president, one-term president. No, ever. I never. I did not ask one-term president. So my answer was Ronald Reagan. Well, I go with uh, uh, Donald J. Trump for the one-termer, and uh, Ronald Reagan. Yeah, it's a t- it's a toss-up between the two of them, but uh, history will uh, will judge us. Will judge us. Uh, I still go with Trump, one-termer. And to Ronald Reagan, I mean, who can argue? After the 70s, morning in America, brought us back to peace and prosperity, took down the, uh, the, the Iron Curtain and all that stuff. So you really can't argue against Ronald Reagan. Well, I mean, you could. You could talk about Star Wars and how he taxed the middle class and all that nonsense. But it would be nonsense. I would ask you this. Does Trump have to win again, become that second Grover Cleveland, 45 and 47, to be considered one of the greats? I know you call him the greatest one-term president ever. That's probably true. Although 41 was pretty good, too. But does he have to win again to even be considered one of the great presidents of all time? I would say uh, traditionally, yes, you do. You, you have to uh, you have to be a two-termer because uh, for wh- whatever reason, they, they look upon you as a loser for losing, you know, your re-election bid. Uh, so that that play, that's a, there's a factor that that is a factor, no doubt about it. But uh, we're going to see what happened in three years. Well, we're seeing what's happening right now because uh, the one thing that you and I agree on, and a lot of people do, including, I think, Chuck Todd, uh, that that tells you all you need to know, is that there would not be this Ukraine-Russia deal going on right now if President Trump was still on Pennsylvania Avenue. But it is there, and it is worth repeating, Bernie, your stance on this whole thing because it's very authentic. I've not heard anybody else really come at it from your angle, and I like your angle. I tend to agree with you. Uh, which is basically why are we heavily involved or at all involved, I should say, in this in the first place? Well, yeah, exactly. That That is my question. What is our national security interest? Why are we so in the middle of all this stuff? And actually, uh, sort of, uh, you have these people on TV, the Republicans and Democrats alike. I mean, they're actually rooting for war. They're actually, they want war. They want, uh, it seems like they want Putin to invade Ukraine, and uh, so they can have this righteous indignation. But again, well, I'll tell you what John what, Katsimatidis what, what said. Do we care? What, what John Katsimatidis said on this show yesterday. It's interesting you say that they want war. Katsimatidis uh, said that he needs a war. Joe Biden, I guess, because things are going so badly back here when you consider supply chain shortages and inflation, the border, all that stuff going on. That if somehow he comes off like a hero on this, because you have to know, Bill O'Reilly has actually said on this show that the one place where he does not think Joe Biden is doing a bad job is in this Ukraine-Russia deal, that conflict. So it it may turn out that Joe Biden needs this. Mr. Katz, uh, as always, on the money, this is one huge distraction that they're relishing because they're failing on every other single front. I mean, this inflation thing is is abominable, what's happening to the American people, uh, the inflation, gas prices already without this war. Gas prices, home heating, uh, oil prices, crime, and this border, this border nightmare that we have, confusion. We didn't have enough uh, tests uh, in, during Christmas uh, with the Omicron variant, all that stuff. I mean, just incompetence and incoherence on every level, and this gives them a chance to uh, pivot from all that. And you know, foreign, but it's, even with this. It's just, you know, it's, it's amateur hour. I mean, uh, Kamala Harris in Munich, Kamala Harris Come wearing on. a mask. I mean, Winston Churchill is spinning in his grave every time she opens her mouth, <laughs> although you can't see it with the stupid mask on. Right. I mean, so, yeah, they, they do need it. It is definitely a distraction, and the media treats it as such. They know it as well. 
Uh, they, they don't want to talk about the real issues affecting American people. They want to talk about some stupid, uh, you know, some stupid civil war, which essentially is what this is. They're, they're all Russians. They're all freaking Russians out there. You know, it's like the Sunnis and the Shiites. I've said it before. The Russians uh, historically, uh, you know, the, Russia started in the city of uh, Kiev. I know they call oh. it Kiev these days. Well, I did see a lot of uh, Ukrainians all being interviewed this weekend locally. Uh, a lot of them live in Sheepshead Bay, which is right by the Russians. The Russians are all over Sheepshead Bay and Brighton Beach, that whole part of Brooklyn. But lots of Ukrainians live there, and they would disagree with you, Bernard. They're, like, very nervous. They've got family back home. They're miserable. They're depressed. So for what it's worth, that Ukrainian population here in New York, they are deathly afraid of the possibility of Russia invading oh, sure. their country. No, no, I understood. Yeah, they, they, they're, they're anti-Putin. They don't want Putin. But listen, first of all, remember this. Uh, the Ukraine is not a democracy. It's a corrupt state. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's it just it, it, if, if you put Putin uh, running uh, the, the joint, you just put another despot, another corrupt despot in place of this other guy, this clown Zelensky, who used right. to be a stand-up comic. Yeah, uh, so That's true. It is true. I know. Yeah, so it's, 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 it's just, you know, let them have at it. Let them do what they do. The, right. Let's not let's not, not overblow the, uh, the importance of it. I mean, it's just a, a local civil war. Russia, again, an economy smaller than the, the state of Texas, Texas economy, and uh, not that significant. I mean... The fact that it will cause our gas prices to rise, home energy prices, yes, as Kamala said, we're going to pay a price. But uh, in the grand scheme of things, it's not that big a deal. It's not that yeah. big, and we shouldn't be so heavily involved. I agree. All right, so here it is. So uh, Justin Ellick has, this is the most cowardly, shameful, one of the most, I should say, things he's done yet. He has retrieved the audio from yesterday, and he's doctored it. He's have doctored, not doctored it. it. I have oh, a little something. I have a little something it. called integrity. No, you don't have any integrity. This is cowardly. You've doctored the audio, which I've gotten. People will call in right now if I ask them to call in. They remember you saying Obama without any hesitation. But here is the audio, Bernie, that he wants to present to you, doctored in Justin Ellick style. Take a listen. So let me ask you on a serious note: Who you think is the best I president? Just- and Stop don't give right me there. Stop it right there. On a serious note, because you had already said Barack Obama at that point, yes? No, I have then not. I, no, then I come back and say no on a serious point, and then you say whatever dumb answer you gave me after that. I, yeah, but see, but you saying on a serious note would mean that you obviously you know, know buddy, that I gotta if tell I you, did you, say Obama. Earlier, earlier today, I took Greg Kelly to task for humiliating and embarrassing uh, the young Mike DeDino, who I brought here. I like very, very much. A very talented kid. And uh, sometimes I do the same thing to Justin, don't I? Well, it sounds like you're doing that right now. But uh, although I, I must say, I'd like to hear the first question uh, thank you, Bernie. before on a serious hey, note. Thank you. So we can make an inf- a really informed decision right. on, on what he said and did. Can you play that for Bernard? Yeah, well, without we, cheating. We have to go back a few well, seconds. Well, go back and-, and do that. We have another hour and 43 minutes left in the program today. And then if Bernie agrees that, ah, you're only kidding and blah, 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 then we'll move on. Of but- course I'm only kidding. You said on a serious note. No, because, so that would imply no, 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 that no, what no, I said no, 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 prior because, to that was no, a you, joke. You implied you weren't being serious after you gave that answer with no hesitation. You didn't smile. You didn't smirk. You didn't giggle. None of that stuff. You, he I mean, is it, your guy. How hard is this to get the tape from the beginning <laughs> when Sid oh, asked the first hard. question very hard. to the end? Yeah. How hard is it? <laughs> well, listen, you, you know, Bern, Bern, I didn't think he wanted the part that was that was a joke. No, it was clearly a joke. A joke. No. Well, well I, 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 I would make the determination, uh, and the, the audience will as well, as to whether or not it was a joke. Wow. And if it was a joke, we, we would uh, see 
We will, we will determine that by listening to it. Right. Then we'll just move on. We'll just we'll be buried. That'll be it. But the problem is it wasn't a joke. You know Bernie's going to know that. And then you come off looking like, uh, like an idiot. Barack Obama. I'll have that. We'll have the whole clip for you next segment. All right. How about one, that? All right. Great. 1-800-848-WABC. 1-800-848-9222. We'll play the clip. We'll let Bernie make the determination. Then we'll do Lydia reports. Also, beat Bernie coming up in the 9 o'clock hour. Lots more exciting stuff to happen on this, the Tuesday edition of Bernie and Sid in the Morning, only right here on Talk Radio 77. Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at Frank Bruno Law. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. He's your numero uno. WABC. All right, before we get to Lydia... Once again, yesterday being President's Day, I asked every member of the Bernie and Sid staff who the best president was. Most of us said Reagan or Trump. And um, Justin Ellick, exclusively Democrats, he eventually said Bill Clinton, but he started with this. I asked you this morning, I said, here on this uh, President's Day holiday, who's the greatest president in the history of our country? And without any hesitation, you blurted out Barack Obama. (laughs) I was kidding. (laughs) No, you weren't kidding. Yes, that was you a think joke. Barack Obama is the greatest president of all time? No, I made a funny. I made a funny haha. Well, that joke. is fu- that is funny because, uh, in all honesty, he's probably one of the worst. So let me ask you on a serious note: Who you think is the best president? And don't give me George Washington. Right, so what do you right think, Vern? Uh, I think maybe he was kidding. I guess uh, that was the earliest we could come up with on the tape. I yes. didn't actually hear him say. The initial Obama. Well, that's because Byrne, he, Sid brought it up in the beginning. He, when he came in at five o'clock in the morning, this wasn't actually on the air. Oh well. He, he asked me, and I, I presented it as a joke. No, you didn't. I didn't realize it was not on the air. No, well, well, I, thought, I, thought, I, I, I thought all this occurred on the air. Right, I brought it on the air after I brought it up. I said, hey, I'm going to ask you on the air, who's the best president? Who do you think? And he goes, Barack Obama. So then I brought it up on the air, and he started to giggle. In an effort to try to make it seem like a joke, because he realized what a horrible answer that was. Yeah, I didn't have, it wasn't an effort at all. It was yeah. a joke, so it came naturally. Thank all you. All right, well, Bernie uh, seems to think you were joking, too, so congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, you weren't. Here is uh, Lydia Reports. <laughs> this is Lydia Reports on 77 WABC. Here's Lydia Serrani. Well, guys, this is the kind of mom that I love, and I feel like I would have been the exact same way. Rafaela Rivera, it was a beautiful day out. It was Thursday afternoon. She's from the Bronx. She said, you know what? Let me take my daughter and my son to Times Square, which is the last place I would go, to be honest with you, um, because I just can't stand it. But uh, because, you know, when you're from New York, but she wanted to go. She wanted her son is four years old. Angel. Her name is Rafaela. Such an ugly, soulless uh, commercial place. It It really is disgusting. But, you know, I guess some people like it. So she's like, you know what? Let me bring my kids in. And they went to the M&M store and, if it, you know, they, the toy stores and all this other stuff and everything like that. Went out of nowhere. And I saw the video of it. This random guy 
walks up to the four-year-old and punches him so hard in the back of the head, just walks up to the kid and punches him. And then you see in the video, the mom then jumps the guy. You know, you know, she's from the Bronx because she, most people would have been Mm -hmm. like, ah, and ran away. Oh my God. She literally cornered the guy, jumped him and kind of held him down until there was cops that came by and grabbed him. And then he kicked one of the cops. He tried to resist arrest. So they got him, thankfully, for kicking the cop and resisting arrest. So for now, I think he's still behind bars. But this guy, get this. I mean, this is not a shocker. He's been arrested over 40 times. And he had recently, just two weeks ago, had punched somebody else randomly in the face. So this is, again, another example of this insane bail law. And a new poll by Siena College shows that 65% of New Yorkers, 65%, so that includes a lot of Democrats there, they want stricter bail reform. They're sick and tired of all this craziness. So the mom, she spoke to a lot of the news outlets. And take a listen to hear what she said. This is Rafaela Rivera. I was grabbing for his back and say, hey, you just hit my son. and But he started like wrestling kind of like trying to get away and i said no nope. i grabbed him and we both <laughs> fell back what about if it was something worse or you know if maybe if he had a sharp object or something and had done damage to my son i think i would have lost it absolutely you got to love that lady look it's bail laws it's lenient judges lenient da's uh people should name and shame every time he was out the person responsible for doing it Remember the, uh, the you used to have laws in in this country in various states, three strikes and you're out. We got to go back to that. You can't have a guy w- with forty six prize. You can't have that. Three strikes, or you want to make it five strikes, or whatever the hell it is. Uh, that's what I said yesterday. If you make wanna, it something be, right. Be more tolerable than make it five, but don't make it thirty nine. <laughs> exactly. I mean, and, and I think we're swinging in that direction. I played the clip of the uh, former San Francisco uh, assistant district attorney who was leading the effort to recall that particular George Soros woke-tar DA, uh, Chesa Boudin, and she summed it up nicely. She uh, Again, a lot of, a lot of people quit uh, the Manhattan DA's office after Alvin Bragg put out his uh, big, stupid, uh, pro-criminal memo. Uh, so maybe the tide is turning, but yes, uh, three, five strikes you're out, whatever it is, ten strikes you're out. Get, let's do something. Let's think out of the box, ladies and gentlemen, and do something. By the way, speaking of viral videos uh, and moms, did you happen to catch that uh, video of the this kid? He did, he robbed somebody on the train. He robbed the conductor on the train in Chicago. Yes. And she saw, the mom saw the uh, video of it, and, and she recognized her son. So now there's video of her dragging her son into the police station in Chicago, just like dragging this kid. And it is terrific, and it's a fantastic. She turned him in, and it's just, and that's the kind of uh, you know that's the kind of moms we need out there. P- people, first of all, Ms. Rivera, but second of all, this lady in Chicago who says, "No, uh, you committed a crime, son. You're going to do the time because I, I'm have had it with you." He'd probably done a million things before, you know, prior to this, exhausting her patience and uh, it resulting in this, but. It's a terrific video if you want to check it out. I, I mean, the parents, a lot of these parents of these out-of-control kids, they just, they need help. They need help. And, you know, whenever I watch New York One, unfortunately, I watch, like, Errol Lewis, and he'll have, like, some kind of oh. radical, I know, I know, that's your favorite, Sid. He, he'll have some kind of radical lefty nut job saying, well, if you have stricter bail laws, you're going to have more black and brown people in pre-trial detention 
What about the black and brown victims? The majority of people that are being attacked by these criminals are from the minority community, are from the inner city. They're essential workers. They're frontline workers. They're law-abiding people. What about the victims? We care so much about the black and brown criminals. What about the black and brown, Mm -hmm. yellow victims? That's what we're seeing here. Talking about Errol Lewis, you were out last week, but um, he had Andrea Stewart-Cousins on his show last Monday night. And for some reason, it was on in my apartment. I ended up watching it. And I uh, came on the next morning, and I destroyed him and her. And I tweeted this moron, Errol Lewis, didn't call him a racist, called him a moron. This idiot, Andrew Stewart Cousins, talking about how bail reform is not a catalyst for the reason behind crime here in the city. And it took Errol about 30 minutes, Bernie, to go right back to what he did, you remember, two years ago, calling me a racist for the Serena Williams stroke on Imus. Printing out an article about me getting drunk in Palm Beach County. He did this last week? Yep, he did it last week again for the second time. And the Bernie and Sid Army. Bernie, when I tell you, our people who love you and I, I I asked him. I said, do me a favor. His Twitter address is at Errol Lewis. You go to his Twitter page. You tell him how how you feel. They destroyed this guy. They showed up in huge numbers, and they kicked Errol Lewis's ass all over Twitter. It was a beautiful moment. You would have loved it, Bernie. The Bernie and Sid Army smacking Errol Lewis right across the face. Right. Instead of addressing the substance of your criticism. Correct. I mean, uh, invoking racism, the last refuge of a skunk with no argument. Uh, that's, that's Errol Lewis. I mean, that's disgusting what he did. I mean, it's tired. It's tedious, too. Nobody, stop with the, stop with the race baiting. Stop it. Answer the, 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 the substance of the, what Lydia just said. The victims are black and brown because of this bail reform law. You care more about the criminals than innocent law-abiding citizens, black and brown citizens in the inner city? Apparently you do. And so so to Lydia, I would say, can I get a what, what on what you just said? Because it uh, <laughs> makes a lot of sense. And uh, Errol Lewis, he's one of these woke tarts. He just doesn't uh, – he, he, I don't I, I don't. I really just don't understand it. Well, it makes he, no. He, he it's inexplicable. There, he would sit there. Let's not forget every Monday night on his crappy show, City Hall on New York One, which I've lost all respect for outside of Shannon Ferry, to be honest. And he would sit there and yuck it up with Bill De Blasio. You would have thought you lived in Emerald City. These yes. two would yuck it up every Monday night while people were dying literally outside my 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 uh, my apartment building on the very pricey Upper West Side. So he's full of it. He's the racist. He's the problem. And when you have Andrea Stewart Cousins on or Carl Hasty or any one of these people and you don't fight them over criminal bail reform, you are part of the problem, or, or, not part it, of the solution. Yeah, and not only that, it's, it's just, just be devil's advocate. That's what journalists do. That's the question that everybody's asking, the question that Lydia asked. What about the innocent black and brown victims? Just That's journalism 101. Right. Even if you don't agree with it, you have to ask the question because that's your job. Right. Just do it. And not only did he not ask the question, but when she started to pontificate about how, once again, it's not part of the problem, it's become a Republican talking point. As soon as she said, Bernard, it's become a Republican talking point, this dummy was nodding his head in agreement with her. So not only did he not press her or ask her the question, but he was very quick to agree. He made it all about politics and less about innocent people dying in the streets. Yeah, and, and of course, that's not an answer, a Republican talking point. I played the clip of the assistant uh, DA from San Francisco. She's asking the same question. She's a Democrat liberal from San Francisco. It's a legitimate question. Answer it. It's not a talking point. Answer the damn question. Or at least in, in, in Errol Lewis's case, ask the damn question. 
And what about Governor Hochul? What about Governor Hochul? She was at the state Democratic convention and her whole speech was about Trump Republicans and Republicans and Trump this and Trump that. She could care less. These are such elitist snobs. AOC, I played a clip of her yesterday when I filled in for Greg Kelly talking about how she's so busy. She doesn't have time to even buy a chair. These are the people that we're cowering to and listening to. She's a moron. She's a moron. Like John Katzmatidis always says, are our leaders going to focus on the eight and a half million New Yorkers, the majority of them that want safe streets, or are they going to focus on the 3,000 nutjobs? And when I say 3,000 nutjobs, I mean the homeless people and the leftist uh, wing of the Democratic Party. That's what they need to focus on because they're really loud, like Joy Reid. She, by the way, tweeted yesterday that southern states don't want to allow children to learn about black civil rights leaders like John Lewis, and they want to prevent people, black people. People from voting. So I reported her tweet as misinformation. Or are they going to listen to Errol Lewis, who's clearly only showing one side of the story and not rebutting anything Andrew Seward Cousins says with facts? The facts are that most people that are let out on bail go on to reoffend. And we're seeing crime spiking all across the country because of these soft on crime radical policies by these Soros funded DAs. But nobody wants to say that because it doesn't fit their narrative. And that's what they're doing because it's the lowest common denominator. Like you said, Bernie, just go for that low. For It's, it's always either Trump's fault or you're racist. It's one or the so, other. Yep, it really. And it's it, again, it's tedious. And uh, even liberals are starting to see through it. Uh, once again, Lydia Serrano, a great, terrific, fantastic report here on the <laughs> Bernie. Said, Seriously, you're, you're, you're fantastic. We love having you. And, and you bring up salient, really good, uh, intelligent points. And you make them as well, of course. Oh, so thank, thank, thank you for that. I love being with you guys because you guys get the truth out. I have so many people that come up to me and they're like, I listen to Bernie and Sid because I want to hear the truth from two regular guys, smart, intelligent, well-read guys that are just telling it like it is. And it is so refreshing to hear that. We're not like some elite. We're regular people. We're New Yorkers. We're in the thick of it. And we're just letting people know what's actually going on. That's it. That's Bottom all line. it is. That's it. Common sense, the truth. So listen Mr. to Mr. Cats, Cats at Night. Says, yeah. Cats at Night, 5 o'clock. I sit alongside him. Another great, fantastic show. Of course, we'll be talking about the crisis in Ukraine. It looks like Putin is using this whole independent nation as a pretext for war. Sounds very familiar. Remember Hitler? He did the very same thing. We're going to have Professor Dershowitz on. He's a constitutional expert. So great show. Cats at Night, 5 o'clock. You don't want to miss it. Lydia Serrano and the Bernie and Sitcher. Jump by Van Halen. This song was on an album that shared the same name as a classic George Orwell novel. The name of this Van Halen album. 1984? Very good. Are you surprised you knew that, Bernie? No, he seems like a fairly intelligent no, young no, man. No, he's not. He's not even fairly intelligent. Uh, uh, no, you you no, mentioned a George no. Orwell novel. I think no. most people would get that question right. 
I think that's part of the curriculum, honestly, even in most high schools. Even stupid people would know that, yeah. let's be honest. Oh, like, really? Yeah, I would, think, I would say so. Would yeah. you have known that? I just asked the question. No, but I mean, barring the, uh, you know, that you knew the answer in advance. Oh, of course. No. I'm, I'm a very, 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 very smart person. I let you once in a while look smarter because you kind of, you know, you're the genius. You're Bernard. You're, you know, you be That's Bernie. not true. None of that's true. It is true. You're, you're, you're no, a very you bright. You say that, but it's not no, true. No, it is true. You're a very, very bright guy, but you're not brighter than me. But I, I let you play it off like that so that people just think that's the case. Well, you see, it's not a question of being bright. It's a question of knowledge and ignorance. I'm kidding. Either you know or you don't you know, know. You know You know so much stuff. It's so important. And that doesn't make you smart just because you know. No, you're 100% right. No, you're right. I mean, you could be ignorant and a very brilliant person. You could be very, very ignorant, and we witness that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> you, you do. You, you see that all over the place. No, yeah, mean, not not with us, but with other people. Stupid, yes, you do. Being yes. stupid and ignorant are two different things. Completely two different things. I right. will. I will say this, Burn. Though in your absence, we've been doing a lot of beat Sid games, and um, it seems that Sid has lost his edge in regards no, no, to no, no, sports no, first, knowledge. No, no. First of all, well, that's true. That is true. I mean, I, I, I forgot Terry Collins. I mean, if Mad Dog would have heard that, he would have been furious with me. But the truth is, is now I'm caught up in this nonsense. You know, the White House happy that Germany is cutting off a pipeline, the Ukraine versus Russia. It's too much. I mean, my, my life's become a game of risk. It's overload. It's, <laughs> it's, it's information it's overload. That's right. what it is. How much could you possibly do? I want then, to, come on. Yeah. Yeah. By exactly. the way, talking about. Uh, Especially bad, if you're stupid. Right, exactly. It doesn't help. Thank you. Is that me? What I, happened? I like those are shot. Uh, talking about Van Halen, uh, Valerie Bertinelli who was married to Eddie Van Halen for a very, very long time, will join us on Thursday. So uh, it just so happens I was watching that uh, cooking channel on Sunday. It was bored stiff. There's nothing on. And um, so I put on the, uh, the cooking channel, and her show was on. You know, she's still kind of cute. I mean, she's fat, but she's, uh, she's got a pretty face, you know. Who? Valerie? Who? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, she got chubby, but she's got a pretty face still. And uh, she was married to Eddie Van Halen all those years. And here I am watching her cooking show on Sunday. She's a great cook, a great cook. And then, uh, ironically, I got an, an email from Art Sears while I'm watching the show asking if uh, me and Bernie want Valerie Bartonelli on the show this week. How weird is that? That I would go out and buy a lottery ticket. Right. I so, have goose pimples right now. I know. So we booked her for Thursday. So she's been on with you and I before. She's very, she very has. cute. Yeah. In fact, I think she came in studio. I think at, she at did one too. One. Yeah. Oh, no. Wait a second. Did she come into studio or Mackenzie Phillips, who played her sister on One Day at a Time, come in? I think it was uh, Valerie. It was Valerie? If okay. I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Mackenzie didn't come in. Mackenzie, Mackenzie's the one who was uh, the drug addict, right? But she was on with us, Mackenzie. Yeah, no, I remember. Yeah, she, very... wrote that, she wrote that book years ago where she talked about part of the reason why she, she did all those drugs was besides the fact her father was, was a uh, band member and a rock and roll superstar with uh, Mama Cass. What was that? Uh, the Mamas and the Papas. Right. But that he actually sexually abused her. Remember yes, that? No, really t- awful story. Yeah. And she was uh, very candid about it. And no, I remember it. And I believe she was, I, if my recollection is correct, she was on the phone at that point. She was on the phone. You're right about that. Uh, they got a kid named Wolfie. Uh, I'm talking about uh, Valerie Bertinelli and Eddie Van Halen. And I think Wolfie is a big-time guitarist, too. So anyway, she'll, uh, she's going to stop by on, uh, on Thursday. One other show you want to hear yesterday, Bernie, that I thought you would appreciate that I did watch this weekend because it's up for an Academy Award, a bunch of them, actually. I did watch Being the Ricardos. Were you a big I Love Lucy fan? Uh, yeah, kind of. Uh, you know, I was, I was a fan. But not, a, not, 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 a, not a huge fan. Okay. Well, I was, you know, it was an older show. I, right. I know it was in repeats. 
But, uh, yeah, I watched it a lot. I loved William Frawley. I thought he was hilarious. Well, and, I'm, uh, I'm glad you said you loved William Frawley because, for me, even though I thought Nicole Kidman was very good as Lucy and I thought Javier Bardem did a very good job as Desi Arnaz, the guy that stole the movie was Academy Award winner J.K. Simmons, and he plays William Frawley. He plays Fred, and he stole it. So if you really liked William Frawley, you're going to love this character J.K. Simmons plays. I love it. That's, that's the guy that does the insurance commercial. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he also won an Academy Award a couple of years ago. What was the name of that movie, Justin, that uh, J.K. Simmons won the award for? Good luck with this. <laughs> um, well, I brought up Whiplash yesterday, but he didn't win anything No, I don't think that. he Actually, that's a good call out of you. Whiplash was a very, very good call. Javier Bardem also won an Academy Award. Can you tell me what movie that was? No, uh, I can't. Can you burn? Goodfellas. No. Or was it like Old Country, No Man, or something like that? He played the bad guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, You yeah, remember yeah. that, Bernie? I remember the movie, yeah, but I didn't he, see it. Yes. Right. Yes, No Country, Over. All I know is there were people that were angry that Javier Bardem played Desi Arnaz because he's from Spain and not Cuba. Is that right? Yeah, people were making an issue out of that, believe it or not. Well, I remember when, uh, for example, Al Pacino played Scarface. Now, I, I love Scarface. It's one of my five favorite movies of all time. But a lot of folks clobbered Al Pacino because he was an Italian playing a Cuban. They didn't think it worked. I was triggered. Were you really? Yeah, halfway no, through the you, movie, you it, love it, it occurred to me, and uh, I, I turned it off. <laughs> uh, no, J.K. Simmons uh, did win for Whiplash, Best Supporting Actor. Oh, he did. Good yeah. job out of you, Justin. Well done. See that? I keep telling Bernie, stop making fun of Justin. This is not Greg Kelly and Mike DeDino. Right, exactly. Stop it. And once again, you've proven to be above and beyond brilliant. Well, listen, I can take it. <laughs> and <laughs> dish it out. Hey, you do yeah, dish it true. out, that's too. Bernie's right true. about that. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're not afraid to do that. 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. So there is some news, I guess, Ukraine, Russia. Putin has now moved troops towards the eastern part of Ukraine as we continue to watch that very, very closely. Well, here's the thing. Those t- two regions, they're what they call separatist regions. In other words... They want to be part in those regions of Russia. So he's saying, okay, I'm declaring that you are independent states. And now that he declared it, he's saying that he's going to send in troops to keep the peace. That's his, uh, that's his, his little uh, slick uh, maneuver that he's trying to pull over there. But again, it goes to my point that the whole, you know, they're all cousins. The Russians, the Ukrainians, they're all really one people, essentially. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so... so for us to get in the middle of it, this is like an you know an ages old feud that they've been having for a long, long time, and uh, you know again, what is our national security interest? There is none. Let them fight it out. Same thing with the Sunnis and the Shiites. We should have just let them fight it out instead of going in there. You know, establish some sort of peace. They're looking at us. They're like, "What the hell are you doing here? Get the freak out of here!" And the same thing with uh, well, Russia in particular, as I mentioned earlier. If we had a beef with the Bahamas and Russia from halfway around the world comes over and tries to, you know, tries to uh, settle the beef, tries to be the referee or even more, you know, enforce sanctions, some sort of sanctions on us because we're beefing with the Bahamas. It's like, what what business is it of yours? Get the hell out of here. Right. I agree 100 percent. Some ladies upset that I referred to Valley Bartonelli as fat, which I took back. I called it chubby, but I just don't get it. Like if I referred to a man, if I said to you. Uh, John Candy was fat, or uh, Jim Belushi was, nobody cares, but never call a woman fat. I'm so sick of that. If a woman is fat, 
and we're describing the woman, she's fat. So what? Well, there's a more delicate way to describe it. Oh, it's, will you stop it? it. God, harsh. I'm so sick of that. Just stop it. Uh, if we're going to use the same uh, the, the same words to describe a man, we're going to use the same words to describe a woman. You want the you want the you want everything to be the same, right? Now you're going to complain no, because I, I, a man could be I, fat, but a woman's got to be delicately chubby. Give me a break. I get your point. It is a, a valid, very valid point. You want to have equality amongst the sexes. We treat everybody the same. You're just being uh, an equal opportunity offender. That's, That's right. What you're being right, and she's, and she's, she's chubby. I mean, uh, she's, I said she's, a, she's still a very pretty girl. I'm not going to apologize for that. But on the other hand, you and I subscribe to the notion that men and women are different. I mean, they are different. They're not equal necessarily. I mean, they're the weaker sex, you know, physically. And uh, we treat women with, uh, you know, we, we hold the doors for them, uh, stuff like that, right. which we don't ne- necessarily do for a guy. You open right. a door for a woman to get out of a car. So we subscribe to that, at least I do, that romantic notion. Oh, so do I, of course. And, 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 and so, therefore, it would log- logically follow that you would call a guy fat, but not necessarily a woman, be- out of that, that sentiment. No. If a woman's fat, I'm going to describe her as fat. Who cares? <laughs> That's what she is. Bottom line. Listen Doesn't here, make her a bad fatso. person. That's right, fatso. Put that donut down. <laughs> How dare you? You know Look what I'm saying, you. Burn? You know what I'm saying? You can barely fit through the damn door. There you go. Talking about fatso. Ella, take us to break. Wake up, back here on the Bernie and Sid Show. Heard everywhere on that 77 WABC app, simulcast out on Eastern Long Island, News Talk 107.1 FM. And, folks, you can check us out on TV, on your smart TVs, on your computers at wabcradio.tv. And uh, I am back. I had uh, chemotherapy the last, last week, actually, and I've recovered from it uh, sufficiently to be here this morning. And I'm glad, very happy to be here with my my great, talented partner, Sid Rosenberg. My man. And, and he is that. He's been very supportive, and I love Sydney. And you. it's great, just great to be back. And uh, everything, is, uh, everything is going according to plan, folks. So uh, my voice even sounds uh, – last time I came back from chemotherapy, I sounded like Rita Cosby. I sounded like I was sucking on a helium balloon, for God's sakes. Yeah. And now it sounds, sounds a little better, right? It sounds – you sound great. Uh, I've gotten a ton of texts from Joe Esposito, a lot of our mutual friends, and – Big-time New Yorkers, I'd say, my God, Bernie sounds great. So, And that's the truth. Uh, you, you sound great, and you sound rested and well, and I think you're on your way to, uh, to recovering, and uh, you're not fat, by the way. Not and I'm not fat. Yeah. Not at all. I mean, they get so many so, of these people. Uh, yeah, you got to calm know, down. I know. you got to take it easy, folks. God, so this geez. is not to people. My daughter gave birth to uh, my wife, I should say, gave birth to my daughter, Ava, and she put on 77 pounds. She was fat. Uh, I actually put on 35 pounds myself. Uh, we worked together back then, Bernie, if you remember, in 2004. I remember when you were uh, flabby. I was fat. I was 209 yeah. pounds. I was fat. So what, my you God? You were a flabby man. Yes, exactly. So just take I mean, first of all, I said she was chubby. She's cute, but move on. Who cares, God? All right, so the big story. The big story, of course, uh, this Ukraine distraction, as uh, as Mr. Katsimatidis points out, uh, the Biden administration, they need this. 
They need this badly because everything else is going so horribly wrong. Inflation, crime, the border, you name it, uh, a myriad other things. Uh, so they have it, and uh, now Putin is uh, doing his part. And, of course, it all starts because of uh, the weakness of the imbecile in chief. Uh, it really does. And uh, in addition, you know, the, the this national security team, I mean, these brilliant military strategists, Biden, Harris, Jake Sullivan, Blinken, Austin, that these guys claim, do, do we... <laughs> Do we really, really want to put faith in these people to execute any sort of, uh, you know, military policy regarding a, a conflict in, in the Ukraine and Russia? And by the way, again, I'll ask it again. What is our national security interest? Nobody's given me an answer to that. By the, as an aside, I would say to people, there is the real threat of cyber attack, Russian cyber attacks on our banks, on our power grid. So have some cash on hand, fill your gas tanks up. And, uh, you know, make sure you have uh, all your uh, all your stuff, your supplies, because uh, these Russians are ruthless if we, we do impose severe sanctions, which, which they're saying. But uh, just listen to these idiots. Uh, Kamala Harris, she's in Munich, Germany. These people are laughing at us. This woman is she slept away to the top of politics in California and essentially to the White House. Uh, if, if you base it on the California thing, because. Uh, then she was a senator, and then now she's vice president. She's one heartbeat away from being president. And this is the way she sounds. Listen to her. Cut six. Play cut six. Uh, 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 Justin Ellick, go ahead. Bringing together the allies, working together around our collective and unified position that we would all not just prefer, we desire, we believe. It is in the best interest of all that there is a diplomatic end. Uh, duh. In other words, uh, talking to one another as opposed to firing, uh, you know, artillery. <laughs> yeah, uh, 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 I didn't never thought of that. Never thought of that. And then even the, this guy, the Def, the, the Secretary of Defense, uh, DefSec, they call him, uh, Lloyd Austin. Listen to this clown. Play cut to four. When America stands for her principles. No, cut four. And all play Austin. Whatever, could whatever attack uh, in short order. This is not a bluff. I don't believe it's a bluff. I think it's. Uh, I think he, he's assembled the right kind, uh, the kinds of things that you would need uh, to conduct a successful uh, invasion. He's only got like a couple of hundred thousand troops surrounding the Ukraine. You don't think it's a bluff? Uh, I don't think it is either. And then Joe Biden, he he enabled all this by allowing this uh, pipeline, but by enabling essentially Russia to send uh, to to sell oil and gas to Europe. Enriching himself uh, and, and, and making, rendering reliant upon him and Russia, Europe, essentially, because, of this, because Joe Biden lifted the sanctions. Four days after Biden was inaugurated, they, start, they, they started work on the, uh, that, that pipeline. They, after they stopped it when Trump was president. Listen to Joe Biden talking about that. If Russia invades, uh, that means tanks or troops crossing the, uh, the, the border of Ukraine uh, again, then uh, there, will be, uh, we, there will be no longer a Nord Stream 2. We, we will bring an end to it. The notion that Nord Stream, T would go, Nord Stream 2 would go forward with an invasion by the Russians is just not going to happen. Are you embarrassed, Sid? Are I'm you so embarrassed. I mean, can you believe these people? 
It really is. It's it's that's our commander in chief. This is the this is the great military mind that we have, uh, orchestrating all this crap. And you would think, and you would think one of them burn. I mean, we know what Biden is, but you would think one of them. But when you when you run down that laundry list and you play the audio of all of them, from the Secretary of State Blinken to Lloyd Austin to Harris to Joe Biden, you would think one one would be okay, and they're all awful, one worse than the next. Absolutely right. And as a matter of fact, uh, uh, on the issue of the pipeline, listen to Ted Cruz, play cut uh, 11. Joe Biden formally waived sanctions on Russia, on Putin, and gave the green light to build Nord Stream 2. That is why we have over 100,000 troops and Russian tanks on the border of Ukraine preparing to invade. That's why we're on the brink of war in Europe. So Joe Biden and company, Ron Klain and all these clowns behind the scenes, they enable this. They enable this. And listen to the difference in the voice of Ted Cruz versus Joe Biden and even Austin and Harris. I mean, you know, that's what you want. You want somebody strong at the helm. You want somebody, you know, resolute, not these idiots these that, that don't know what the hell they're doing. Listen to Chuck Todd. He has a very, very... Salient question, a very important question on Meet the Press on Sunday. Your friend, Chuck Todd, listen to what he said. Let me ask this question. In your assessment, why did Putin, why is he escalating with Ukraine now? Why didn't he do this under the previous administration, who wasn't as supportive of NATO? Now, he was asking that uh, question of uh, the Secretary of State Blinken, this this, uh, other woke tard. And, of course, the question is because... Putin knew that Trump wouldn't stand for garbage. He wouldn't stand for crap. He was strong. Uh, weakness, of course, uh, you know, begets war and uh, vice versa. And that's what you're having now. That's what you're seeing now. That's the answer. Trump actually sent arms to the Ukraine city, sent them some very, very important military equipment, anti-tank equipment, stuff like that. He strengthened NATO. This is what he did. They say he divided the Europeans and NATO. No. He made he named, he shamed them into paying their fair share, rendering NATO a much stronger uh, organization and alliance today, as opposed to four years ago. That was Donald Trump. That's what he did, and he made us energy independent, which really gave us a lot of leverage over Putin, and we could be selling Europe that oil and gas as opposed to Putin. But no, Joe Biden comes into office and kills the uh, the stupid uh, the Keystone Pipeline. It wasn't stupid. And he, he squashes all these leases on, on oil and gas. And, he, you know, we're now we're begging OPEC and we're begging Russia to pump more oil. Yeah, because, now, because now the, the White House is celebrating Germany's decision. Are you kidding me? Celebrating Germany's decision? That never should have been Germany's decision. No, it really, uh, it's just, it's, it's, it's absolutely infuriating. I mean, if you, you look at it, it's just, just hey, by the way, breaking news, uh, Justin Trudeau. The Canadian uh, Prime Minister, he just announced he's sending uh, 11 infantry divisions and five tank divisions to the Ukraine, to actually uh, outside the Ukraine. He's going to help Putin invade the Ukraine. Of course, I make that up, but uh, he, he's not doing that. But uh, Canada's descent into tyranny was stark. It was unbelievable what happened over the last couple of weeks. And nobody talks about that. Well, you know, it's funny you say that. So I sent a text to Ron Duguay, right? And I really want to get Ronnie on because he's a good friend of mine and yours. And he's banging Sarah Palin. That's how I want to get him on. Wobbin. But, <laughs> but, I, so, but I wanted to present it to him, uh, Bernie, as something else. So I said, hey, 
What do you think about coming on and talking about the truckers convoy because Ronnie's from Canada and Trudeau and the whole Canadian deal? And he, te- he sends me a text back. He goes, I can't talk about Sarah yet. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. I couldn't get it past Ronnie Duguay, the whole Canadian thing, Burn. Uh, that's too bad. Well, uh, yeah, he said yet, yeah, so he left to open the possibility. Oh, he'll come on. He'll come on. But he had no uh, no interest in talking about uh, Trudeau, the, the truck convoy and all that. He knew He knew why we really wanted him on. Oh yes, the, the, no doubt about it. Uh, we want to hear the. We want to hear that. By the way, that that she she lost the case. They sent the case went to the jury, a uh, Sarah Palin's case, and then the jury actually. Uh, excuse me. Then the judge said, "I'm dismissing the case, regardless of what the jury does." The New York Times. Yeah, it Bill was, O'Reilly was very upset about that. It was very, very bizarre. Yeah, he should be upset. In fact, the, she's going to have an appeal, a good appeal. But it just it, these things take so much, so much damn time. But back up to Canada, one thing that they're doing, they, the, the police they used to trample, you know, old people, uh, you know, grandmas and all that stuff. It was really terrible. But the worst thing they did was the government is freezing bank accounts of people who donated to anybody who donated to the uh, truckers' cause. They're freezing their bank accounts. Can you imagine Jeez. if your government froze your bank account no. because you donated 50 bucks to a political cause? Terrible. I mean, it's unbelievable what's happening up up there in uh, Canada. That is really awful. You know, your, your your relationship between your bank and yourself and your money. I mean, that is like uh, that is sacred, and they they they're doing that up there. It really is awful. Now back to New York City here uh, quickly. Bill Maher had a good joke. Eric Adams, of course, laid out his plan to uh, clean up the subways, and of course, over the weekend you had a bunch of stabbings and a lot of incidents. And nothing's, everything's just gotten worse. But either way, Bill Maher uh, did a joke, which I enjoyed, and I think you will as well. I saw a headline in the New York Post the other day. It said, breakdancer stabbed on the subway in unprovoked attack. Now, it really raises the question, if you're breakdancing on the subway, is it unprovoked? (laughs) (laughs) Yo, that's funny, man. That's funny right there. Yeah, that's good. And, of course, uh, listen, stop with the break. Sit down, take a seat, get off when you, you – it's time to get off. That guy maybe did a public service. I don't know. I'm not going that far. Uh, I, I don't know the situation. I'm just saying maybe. And one last thing. You keep uh, alluding to uh, Greg Kelly and uh, Mike Dodino. Yeah, my boy Mike Dodino. It's my boy. That's your boy right there. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, uh, last week, of course, uh, you had the, the quarterback for the Los Angeles Rams – he was doing an interview, and the person interviewing him was a woman. She fell off the stage. She what? fell like That's six feet. She just dropped off the stage. He turns around and walks away, takes a sip of water. The interview even, was over. Doesn't even look twice. It was over because she fell off the stage. Whatever. It was over. She was mid-sentence when she fell. Whatever. And then his wife actually showed a lot of concern. But either way, it doesn't matter. This is not the point. The point here, yeah, obviously Stafford is a entitled jock. Who thinks who you know? Who thinks who the blank he is, as they would say in Brooklyn? But uh, he's a Super Bowl winning quarterback. He is who he thinks he is. So uh, Greg Kelly, he hates this uh, jock worship, and his uh, your boy Dodino is his phone screener, and this guy was defending uh, Stafford. Well, for, yeah, well, for being callous and walking away. Well, hold on, hold on. You're going to play yeah, the God. tape. He wasn't really defending Stafford. He was just explaining. What was going on? I don't know. He was defending. Listen, you know how I know he was defending him because I listened to the seventy-seven WABC app, which is a great app. Yeah. And I was listening to the show while I was on the bed up in the hospital, whatever. 
and it gave me, you know, nice entertainment. 77 WABC folks download that app. So anyway, he had been defending him the, the whole segment since uh, like 2 o'clock or whatever. And this, this is towards the end of the segment. Kelly uh, just loses his patience with him. And I only play this because it's entertaining. I'm not even taking sides. Dino could do what he wants. Kelly could do what he wants. But this is what Kelly said to Dino at the end of the segment. The Dino, real quick. So what is up with this silly quarterback? How could it be so heartless? So based on the clip that I saw, he seemed boozed up, probably was drinking all day. Girl was recording him and his wife. Now wait a second, stop. Look, he's making excuses for him already. I'm sure he'll speak on why he did that today. Oh, uh, yeah, I know. The NFL is giving him talking points. The NFL will uh, coach him. They're business people. And you're a schmuck for going along with this oh, nonsense. I mean it, Mike. Enough. It's time to grow up. Oh, that's, that's, that's way too heavy-handed. I'm, I'm sorry. Well, I was laughing. I'm it's sitting funny, on the bed. But, but you know I'm he's being chemo. serious. I'm getting chemo and I'm laughing. But he's I know. Been, he's, he's getting way serious. too serious. Of course he's getting way too serious. I, I, I realize that. I, I don't that, like it when guys, you know, and I was, I, you know, last week, for example, Bern, you weren't here, and I was busting, uh, what's his name? Who's the guy? Bo Snurdly. First of all, I know it's Black History Month. They played his, he was a cut of the day every single day for like five straight days. James Golden, right? Yeah, right, whatever. So, and he's going on and on. I don't watch sports anymore. It's like. I think people now think they're better than others. Like, uh, they, like they love cops more. They love the country more. So, like, Greg Kelly is speaking from a place to Mike Dino of, you're just some young, putsy, schmucky kid who doesn't appreciate this country, and that's not fair. I, I love sports, and I love cops, and, and our service people, you know this, Bernie, as much, if not more, than anyone. But uh, Kelly comes from a place like, I'm better than you. I can't stand that. He was kind of kidding, but not really. No, I understand. He was a little uh, a little too harsh to uh, Dino. I, I would agree with that. My point is, uh, listen to 77 WABC on the app. You can listen to it anywhere, from a hospital bed, from uh, wherever the hell you are. I mean, it, it re- literally is good radio all stinking day long. As a matter of fact, I listened to uh, uh, Anthony Weiner and Curtis Slewa over the weekend on the app. And, uh, well, let me just say this. Uh, is Is... They started Valentine's Day weekend, right? Yeah. And uh, that was last week. And then th- this past weekend was the second weekend. And it was very, very uh, it was kind of romantic. Did they do it from the Q Motor Inn oh uh, from a bubble bath? Uh, I mean, Curtis, just to let uh, Anthony Weiner just, just get away with and say spew a lot of uh, fallacies, uh, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. But he's being nice. He's He's ushering him in, I think. Unless there's some sort of romantic relationship going on that I don't know about. I actually took Curtis to task on this show the other morning for going off with him. I did. I said, hey, Kurt, I get it. I get ratings, people. I get the whole thing. But I'm going to be honest with you. People are complaining to me. They're like, why would Curtis do that? And I asked him to tell me why he would do that. And he said, well, the guy deserves another chance. And, and he was giving him that chance. So I think he's bending over backwards, right, but maybe literally. Bending over backwards. <laughs> But, 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 yes, but then when the issues start to come up, like uh, Joe Biden is not responsible for inflation, excuse me? I know. I mean, spending I all that money after, uh, you know, the, the economy is charging, yep. uh, throwing all that money, in, and then rendering us non-energy independent, you know, cutting off, uh, you know, the, the gas and home heating prices are responsible for, I don't know, maybe half of the inflation out there. Right. How can, and, and, and Anthony Weiner say, no, it's just a COVID thing. They have inflation all over the world. I mean, give me a break, Curtis. Come on, Curtis. Get him. Go you get him, Curtis. Drip like this. I mean, hey, Curtis is my man. I love Curtis. At the Curtis end of the pieces. day, he's a pedophile and a liberal. I don't know. What happened? 
I don't know. It's not a very likable guy, if you ask me. More to Bernie and Sid right after these words. Two Guys, Tears for Fears is a great song. Shout. They were on Sunday with uh, Jane Pauly. You know, I still watch that show. It's not nearly the same as it was with uh, Charles Oscar. I missed the bow tie, the whole thing. And Jane Pauly's a liberal, too. And the whole show is liberal. It's gross. Even Jim Gaffigan, you know, I happen to think is funny, is annoying every now and then. But I still watch it. And these two guys were on. And uh, the first thing Danielle said to me was, I swear to God, Bernie, she goes, oh, my God, we're old. Because they showed pictures of these two guys performing in the 80s. When Tears for Fears were huge stars, and now in 2022, and they got really old-looking, really old-looking. And uh, every now and then you see stuff like that, and you're like, oh, my God, we're really getting old. <laughs> These guys look like they're like they're like in their 70s. Terrible. But, um, you know, they did a whole thing on uh, that show on Sunday about the First Amendment and how free speech is under attack. And I don't know how they made this happen, but whoever did that report on the, the Sunday morning show... They managed to make it about both Republicans and Democrats. So, for example, they talked about Donald Trump being banned forever, forever from Twitter and Instagram and all that stuff, which is disgusting. Facebook, it's disgusting. And they made the analogy. They had some teacher on out in California who was not allowed to teach her students about lesbians and uh, transgenders and anal sex, and all the things they teach at Dalton High School, for example, in New York. And they were making that comparison between the two, that free speech is under attack. How about that? Is Bernie even there? I think well, he's I guess not. All right, we need a caller for, uh, for Beat Bernie, 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. And then I would take some of these phone calls, but um, some of them want to uh, talk to Bernie, and he's not back yet. So I'll take this one. Anthony in Connecticut on line 7. Uh, before you bring on Anthony, I, I, I will take a side in the Dodino-Greg Kelly fight. Not that it's a fight, by the way. They're both very good friends. I love both of those guys. But I'm taking Dodino's side. I, I, I can't stand it. If you don't like sports, or for some reason you don't like these guys, all the power to you. But stop telling everybody else not to like it. I don't care if you're Greg Kelly or Bo Snurdly or Pete King. I don't care. If, if you don't want to watch sports, you hate these guys, God bless you. But don't tell somebody else, don't do it, or you're a schmuck or a loser for enjoying it. Tadino's a great sports guy, and his passion is sports. Truth be told, he should probably be at WFAN. But he does a great job here, great job here. And when I had sports shows here, he was on. And he's done uh, updates on the station. He's very, very good. So Kelly's got to uh, pipe down. Anyway. He's got to chill a little bit, right? Yeah, so let's go to Anthony Bernie in Connecticut on line 7. Good morning, Anthony. Good morning, guys. How are you? Hey, now. Bernie, I just want to say I'm a, I'm a big fan. I wish you a speedy and expeditious recovery. Well, thank you, sir. I, pr- I really do appreciate th- those kind words, and uh, uh, hopefully that's happening right now. Thank you, man. Um, so I was listening last week when this whole incident went uh, occurred, and... Apparently, Dino was screening calls for Greg Kelly, and he identified a caller as being from Connecticut. Yeah. But, in fact, the caller was from New York. Yeah. 
and that put Greg off a little bit. He felt it made him look foolish, and then Greg went on a bit of a rant about how all Dino does all day is play his fantasy football. Right. And uh, basically said, if you want to do that, fine. You can do that on the overnights where you're going to be working from now on. So it was humorous, <laughs> a little tense, but it was, it was good radio. Yeah, I mean, that's funny. I do the same stuff with Justin and these other guys on the show. That's, that's kind of funny. He wasn't being serious there. There he's kind of joking around. He actually enjoys Mike being on the show. I know that for a fact with Greg. But at the very end there, when he called him a schmuck and grow up, he was being completely serious. And that's where he kind of pissed me off, Greg Kelly. So. But uh, to the call, James's point, uh, he's right. I listened to the whole thing. It was, it was a uh, you know a culmination uh, of uh, events. Uh, you know, one of them being that he got the state wrong, and uh, so <laughs> okay. Greg was frustrated. But uh, all right, but it, like you said, it was good radio. I mean, uh, you know, it was uh, it was a little too harsh in my opinion. I wouldn't do that, but uh, but he did it, and uh, I was listening from the hospital bed, and I enjoyed it. All right, let's go to uh, Shawnee. Online three. Good morning, Shawnee. How are you? Oh, good morning. I just want to welcome Bernie back, and we're all rooting for you. We love you. And my husband had the same challenge, and it's almost ten years later, and he's fine. Thank so you so that's much. That's what we hope for you. And I had so many things to say. Most of them don't matter anymore, except for that. But Anthony Quinn was Mexican, and he played Zorba the Greek. Yes, he did. He actually uh, was in. Uh, he also played a Greek guy uh, in the movie with Jackie Onassis. You know, Jackie Onassis married uh, what the hell was the guy's right. name? Uh, what, 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 Onassis. Onassis, was his whatever his first name was, and he played that role as her husband after after John F. Kennedy died. Uh, died By the way, so. he was half Irish as well. Anthony Quinn. That, he was that, thus the name Quinn. Is that right? Of course. Yeah, yeah that's his name. Okay. Here is... Um, the Oxbow Incident, by the way. He, one of his earlier movies, fantastic. The uh, Oxbow Incident, yes. That's a big deal. Brian is in Yonkers. He has the same background as you, Bernard. Brian, good morning. Yes, good morning, guys. <clears throat> um, Bernie, my dad was from County Loud and worked a city job. And was wondering, where was your dad from? I know he worked a city job, but where in Ireland was it your was, dad from? It was not far from Loud. It was County Monaghan. Bally Bay. Oh, yeah. oh okay. Wow. Yeah. My dad was from right up on. Yeah. Yes, okay. Wow, nice. Yeah, my dad was from Loud, but right on the Armagh border. We're right homeboys. The, the, exactly yeah. right. The Armagh border. I remember going into it uh, with the, the British troops stopping us and expect, inspecting the car. And in one case, a truck. I was working on a beer truck. The British troops occupied the truck. They t- took all the cases off the beer I mean, the beer cases off the truck, excuse me. And uh, it was a very uh, tense but exciting time in uh, Northern Ireland. But anyway, uh, thanks for the call, uh, Brian. And, uh, yeah, we have parallel existences, and uh, it's good to know, out there in Yonkers. Now it's time to beat Bernie. It's time to beat Bernie. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters. You think you can beat Bernie? Good luck. It's time to beat Bernie. By the way, you guys are the worst friends ever, I must say. I mean, I've been defending I've been defending the Dino all morning long. Bernie even um, subtly defended the Dino. Nothing out of you two guys. You do a podcast together. Yeah, but he doesn't plug said podcast. I mean, he's got this, you know. So like rel- rel- no, he's got a relatively, he's got some good traffic on, on uh, one he of does. his Instagram accounts. Right. And, uh, For he, fantasy football. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. He refuses to plug the podcast. So you guys Mike's have- also a very silly individual, you know. Yeah. Sometimes you don't want to be associated with that kind of person. He's quite silly. Oh, so you guys, you really hate him. 
No, we don't hate them. We love them. Come on. Donna, get Patrizzo, Donna Patrizzo checks in. She goes, Sydney, I love you. I listen every day, but please don't call men or women fat. It's hurtful and unnecessary. Imagine a family member that you love being described that way from a Gravesend girl. My family calls everybody fat. You got, I mean, you just got the wrong person here, folks. You got to move on. You got to stop with the nonsense. If you're fat, man or woman, I'm going to describe you as fat. So what? So you're not sorry? No, I'm not sorry. All right. I'm sorry that I called her fat because she's actually chubby, Valerie Bertinelli. Not fat, but she's not skinny by any stretch. Listen. Well. That's fine by me. Who's playing the game? Uh, I think we got... Uh, Eric and Woodmere? Eric and Woodmere. Is he fat? I don't know. Let's ask him. Eric, good morning. How are you? I'm doing amazing. How are you? Are you in good shape? Uh, I think so. Yeah, I weigh about 178 pounds. Oh, you're in great shape. Do you get upset when I call people fat? No, no, not at all. I think fat people are fat, pleasantly plump or plump, and then you've got the chubby. There you go. And who cares? If they're good people, they're good people, right? But you're not going to... Don't be afraid to call somebody what they are. That's nonsense. My God. Oh, you you sound very, very smart. What do you do for a living? I'm a contractor. Oh, cool. Okay. Very, very cool. And you're out in Woodmere. I'm out in Woodmere, yeah. Uh, You know, I got bar mitzvah in Woodmere. Where? No, I stand corrected. I got bar mitzvah in Lawrence at uh, Temple Beth David. But, Temple uh, Beth David is not around anymore. I know. And my sisters all got married in uh, Cedarhurst, uh, Audie Levinson's place. I forgot the name of it, but it was gorgeous. But we love the five towns, and uh, I wish you the best of luck in today's game, Eric. Good luck to you. Thank you. All right, here we go. In 1875, what Republican was elected governor of Ohio, and then 17 months later, he took the oath of office as the 19th president of the United States? No clue. I would wrong you two like a bag of anthrax. Rutherford B. Hayes is uh, the answer. Number two, who was the first and only United States president to take the oath of office aboard an airplane? Wow. Uh, Johnson. Very good. Wow, Lyndon Baines Johnson. Very, very good. Number three, the presidential retreat, today known as Camp David was first named what by President FDR after a James Hilton novel? No clue. Wrong, you two-legged bag of anthrax. It was first named Shangri-La. The last time United States president had facial hair was in 1913 when who was president? Jeez. Uh, Harding? Wrong, you two-legged bag of anthrax. Who would know this? William Howard Taft. And finally, while attending college in New Jersey, which future United States president served as an editor of the Princetonian? Oh, my God. I mean, give me a break. JFK. No. Wrong, you two-legged bag of anthrax. 28th President Woodrow Wilson. You got one right, but I got to tell you, these questions were in. Who wrote this? Meany wrote it today because it's a President's Day special. Ralph Napolitano checks in. He says, you're right, Valerie is fat, and she's still hot. I'd marry her today. There you have it. Uh, where's Bernard? Bernie, you there? Here, handsome. Hey, how are you good looking? You only got one right? You got to get two right, you win, okay? I'm all right. It's a hard game. It's a President's Day edition. It's all President questions. It's very, very hard. Oh, geez. Yeah. Hi, Reed. Uh, but you're great at this. But this is, I mean, I found these to be almost impossible. But let's see. In 1875, Bernie McGurk, what Republican was elected governor of Ohio, and then 17 months later, he took the oath of office as the 19th president of the United States. 
governor of Ohio. Yeah. Uh, I would say the 19th thread that would be after Grant, I would say that would be Hayes. (laughs) (laughs) You are correct. Who was the first and only United States president, Bernie, to take the oath of office aboard an airplane? He's the only one he got right, the contestant. That was uh, LBJ. That's right. (laughs) After the Kennedy assassination. You've already won today's game. Let's see if you can keep going here. The presidential retreat, today known as Camp David, was first named by, excuse me, was first named Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Correct. He called it Shangri-La. Look at this guy. Look at this guy. Huh? I know. I'm showing off. Look at you with your big penis. Number four. What? The last time in... (laughs) <laughs> the last time the United States president had facial hair was in 1913 when who was president? 1913. That's right. Uh, that would have been, uh, well, that was right before Wilson, so uh, that would have been uh, Taft. <laughs> you got to stop. Seriously, you got to stop. This is crazy, no? Well, I mean... You, you mean, say what? 1913, I, I can figure out who, essentially ask me, who was president in 1913? So that's, uh, the beard had nothing to do with it. It was the, uh, the right. year. Well, that, everybody that knows, that, of course, everybody knows 1913, right, silly me. While attending college in New Jersey, yeah. <laughs> which future United States president served as an editor of the Princetonian? In an effort to go perfect, you've been amazing today. Well, this is unbelievable. Once again, uh, New Jersey, Princeton. Uh, and he succeeded uh, a Taft, uh, it would be Woodrow Wilson, right? I don't know what this. I mean, I, I don't even know what to say. Greg Kelly's right. Greg, I'm a schmuck? No, you're not a schmuck. The rest of us are. I mean, uh, I don't, you went five for five. This was a very, very difficult game. I, I don't even, Of all the years I've done this with you, I think I'm most impressed today. That was an amazing effort, brother. Great job. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, wow. You know, I just know my presidents. Uh, I know not all everything about them, but uh, you know, uh, what am I going to say? It was very, very impressive. Five thank to you, one. Thank you. Thank uh, you. Say hello to Eric in Woodmere, Bernard. Eric in Woodmere, uh, Woodmere, Long Island. How you doing, Eric? Thank God, I'm doing amazingly well. How are you? That was amazing, Bernard. Amazing. Well, it's nice of you to say. Thank you, uh, Eric. So, listen, you're my uh, basically my neighbor. I live, live down here in Long Beach, Lido Beach. Uh, how are things in Woodmere? Uh, things are fantastic. In Woodmere, things are great. I used to live in Atlantic Beach, and I used to go to Long Beach all the time. Yeah, Atlantic Beach is a beautiful, beautiful spot as well. Uh, yeah. So uh, I maybe saw you on the beach once or twice. Uh, forgive me if I, uh, you know, did a double take. But anyway, Eric, uh, <laughs> uh, you, know, you know, back then I had uh, different uh, proclivities. But listen, uh, Eric, uh, th- thanks for playing. Thanks for calling. And, uh, you know. Happy belated Thanks presidency. Thanks for having me, and I wish you, I wish you uh, a speedy, speedy recovery and being back to uh, full health. I appreciate that very much, Eric, and uh, I really do. And I love all the listeners and uh, everybody and their words of encouragement and goodwill. I thank the, everybody, the callers, for it and, uh, you know, social media, et cetera, et cetera. 1-800-848-9222 on the Bernie and Sid Show. Uh, give us a call. We're going to wrap it up. Uh, we will talk to our guys, and uh, we'll see what happens. We're coming right back. Beat Party, sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters on 77 WABC.
morning. And I, uh, yes, I did just pick my nose. I was in the mood, Bernard, for a um, for an egg cream. So, um, you know, I forget sometimes that the guys we work with, while really talented, I think you'd, you'd agree with that, uh, Luke and uh, Justin. I love those guys. Great guys and really talented. And they'll be stars when you and I are long gone. But um, when I say, like, I'm in the mood today for an egg cream, they look at me like I've got four heads. They don't know what that well, is. No, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, uh, well, it really is uh, an old-school drink. Actually. I guess it is. Is that the one from the Big Lebowski? Was it in the Big Lebowski? I don't know. Like, might I, have been. I, I used it? to go to a place on King's Highway all the time. It was called uh, Dubrow's, and they made these great uh, egg creams. Frankie Diaz with he wants to chime in. Go ahead, Francis. What do you got? Sunday. What I, I, I had an egg, cre- an egg cream with my lunch on Sunday. I swear to God. Yeah, so where was this? Where, where, where uh, this place called. I live in the Bronx. This is a place called Crotty's in uh, New Rochelle that makes sandwiches, and one of their like special things that they have is uh, egg cream. That is amazing. So. Uh, that, they're doing a throwback, is what. They yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you had to make it yourself, kind of. They they gave you they give you the cup with the 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 ingredients for it, and then you have to pour in the salsa water into it. And okay, let it, you know, well, but, it still, still, but it was still, but it was very good. It yeah, was very it's still good. pretty good. Yeah. So you guys have no idea what that is. Like, you don't know what's inside an egg cream. No, no idea. Have you ever seen a rotary phone? Yes. No. You've never seen one? Maybe in a museum. <laughs> you're, you're just... What is wrong with you today? The Abbott Costello slander and now the rotary phone, Justin? What's wrong with you? You've never seen a rotary phone? I've never had a rotary phone, but I've seen a rotary phone. It's the one you spin around, right, to get to the numbers? It's a stupid concept. That is a stupid concept. Bernie, you well, got to that... feel old right now. you got to feel old, Bernie. Come on. Uh, well, of course, yeah. I mean, that's uh, the march of time. That's what happens. Ju- Justin's that's confused life. why you guys weren't using your iPhone 3s back in the day. Yeah, 19th. but you know what's funny? But... You go back and forth between a phone, like the difference between a rotary phone and an iPhone. While it's certainly, it's certainly relatively significant, I would have these discussions with my nana. She died five years ago. Bernie knew who she was. She was 97 years old. And she would uh, take a horse to work. <laughs> <laughs> so, wow. compared, so like she was around like when TVs came out and cars came out and relatively speaking, going from a rotary phone to an iPhone, Bernie, it's not all that bad. Uh, no, it's not all that bad. Hey, listen, uh, I had a rotary phone, obviously. Me too. Uh, I mean, that's just the, the technology at the time, Justin, that's all they allowed for. But I also, I when I lived in Yonkers, Yonkers there, huh? we actually, I lived in a, you know, like a five-story walk-up. And we actually, my mother used to hang clothes out on a line from the fire escape. Oh, the line went to the other building, very you know, about uh, very. 40, 50 feet on the other side very, and back. Very goyish. Yeah, goyish. <laughs> I mean, it was, you know, we were, we were, we were poor people. You know, yeah. we were living in Lawrence Street in Yonkers. Yeah. And we had a, a laundry line, and my mother would hang laundry out on the freaking line. Well, you know, it's funny. I say very goyish because your mother hangs out laundry. If you've ever driven past any one of the religious bungalow colonies upstate, they do the same thing. Religious Jews do that all the yeah. time. I, I, I pass by on Route 17. I see underwear, all kinds of stuff. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah. But uh, I don't think most normal people do that these no, days, right? No. That's an old school thing. No, I mean, I, I think in poor neighborhoods, they still do that, absolutely. And, you know, like you drive through, you still see sneakers. Like, I'm sure you did that, Bunny, right? You threw the sneakers up on the wires and... Oh, yes. Yeah, I know you did that, yes. We, we, and we never knew why we were doing it, but <laughs> so we stupid. did it. Now, with an egg cream, I agree with Mike Sullivan, a dear friend of both me and Bernie, Mr. Brennan Carr himself. There's only one chocolate syrup you can use. Like, you can't use Nestle's. You can't use no. Hershey's. It's got to be Bosco. You go with Bosco. Interesting. I don't. I go with Mike Sullivan. We both agree. You bet. Is yeah, the best chocolate syrup. I agree with you. You bet's delicious. You like You bet? I love You bet. My son likes that, too. But Bosco, is that still out there? 
Uh, I don't know if it's still out there, but that's the one I recall. Is that right? To be quite honest with you, yeah. I've never um, heard of Bosco before in my life. Well, Ralph? that's 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 fair enough. I never but, heard of uh, it either. But uh, it's Ralph? probably out of existence. But uh, that's what I recall. My you father will it? tell you that the best soda you can get is a Mission Orange. I'm not sure if that rings true to either of you guys. But. Oh, your father's brutal. First, first, he, well, who's a, Johnny Maestro was the greatest singer of all time, and now that stupid orange soda is the best soda ever. Well, you, you also had uh, Fanta. I remember Fanta. Fanta yeah. orange soda was pretty damn good. It was pretty good, yes. Uh, but Mission but you got to go if you can have orange soda, you have to have Sunkist. I mean, right, that's it. Sunkiss. I, I, I still go with Fanta. But I don't know if Sunkiss makes of, soda. Uh, yeah, they do. They make the, uh, the, orange, the orange soda. Sunkiss, yeah. Speaking of Brooklyn uh, food, I, I had a terrible craving yesterday for a Rowan Roaster Orangeade. I just couldn't stop thinking about it. How? I- why would you do that? I just mentioned Mike Sullivan two seconds ago. He's got the greatest roast beef place in the history of the world. You don't and go, you mentioned that schlocky roll and roast You go to those two roll? places for two very separate things. Well, Brendan and Carr, you beef. sit down. You want to, you want to enjoy yourself. Oh, you're not you're not getting like a cheese whiz on your Brendan and Carr sandwich. You want yes, to go. You, and, yes, and you enjoy, are. Uh, Sydney, you're getting you're getting a cheese beef and you're getting cheese fries and a beef broth. Those those, those, Sydney, those copycats, those wannabes at Roland Roaster, they don't hold Mike Sullivan's jock. Sydney, you go to those two, two different places for two very different experiences. Well, maybe you do. You have to. I went to Roland Roaster once because it was three o'clock in the morning. I was high and Mike's place was closed. You know <laughs> what I'm saying, Bernie? Right. I hear you. I remember those days as well. Yeah. Speaking of old school. Hey, listen, let me ask you this. That uh, coach who, who slapped the other coach on the opposing Jawan team. Jawan Howard. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what was the deal with that? What, what was the motivation? Well, I guess they were down a lot, and the Wisconsin coach called the timeout. And it's been a very frustrating season, Bernie, for Jawan Howard and the Wolverines at 14 and 11. There'll be no postseason play. Now he's been suspended the rest of the year five games. Wisconsin is a 15th-ranked team, and they've got history of those two Big Ten teams. So long story short, uh, Howard got pissed off because of the timeout call. He went after the, uh, the Wisconsin coach and ended up slapping the assistant coaches. I think the way that whole thing went down. Right, yeah. right. So uh, nothing racial? Uh, we can't make uh, it into a... I don't know. Was it a black guy and a white guy? Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, just just uh, just axing, just axing the question. Uh, yeah, it looked looked ugly. I mean, uh... it was ugly. By the way, Jawan Howard was one of the. He may have been the first. He was one of the first one hundred million dollar players in the NBA. You do realize that? I think it was with Washington. Really? Yes, and he million? was part of maybe one of the most, not maybe, certainly one of the most famous college basketball teams in the history of the game. Jimmy King, Ray Jackson, Jalen Rose. Chris Weber and him, they were known as the Fab Five at Michigan, and he was part of that team, and he went on to make hundreds of millions of dollars, ended up coaching down in Miami. He was an assistant coach for Pat Wiley in the Miami Heat, got his job back at his alma mater, Michigan, and has now embarrassed himself and the university. Yeah, that was a cheap, uh, low-life uh, move, but it, his apology did seem sincere, I will say that. What team? I don't even know what professional team he played for. I, I, I forget, anyway. Washington what, what, is where he got the big money, I believe. But he had the Bullets. On Miami. Yeah. I think they were the Wizards already. Well, he was he in the league for a long, long time. time. Yeah. yeah. It says, uh, here's Mike Dino checking in. <laughs> I yeah. swear to God, he goes. That schmuck? Oh. <laughs> schmuck. He goes, on the video, it looked like the Wisconsin coach put his hands on Howard after the game, which really set him off. So it looks like the Dino is defending he, He's defending him. He's, he's defending he, the Wisconsin once again, coach, yeah. Go figure. So he has a would, habit of defending the wrong guys. But why would that guy put his hands on Jawan Howard? What was the? What, what, was he pushing him or something? Or I, 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 they, I thought they were shaking hands. I, well, it looked, no, no, no. no. They weren't, they, they, at that point, they were already yelling and screaming, and oh. it, was, it was getting aggressive, yes. Oh, I see. I thought it yes. was when the teams came together at the end of the game. Yeah. 
to shake hands. I thought that's when this all occurred, no? Uh, well, they were going to shake hands after the game, and instead of shaking hands, they resorted to aggression, I anger, see. and fighting. Uh, Bosco's does still exist, according to Tim in San Diego, and according to Dennis in Boundbrook, uh, Greg Kelly fired Mike Dino right on the spot. No, he, no, uh, no, the Dino's still there. He just texted you. Is. That's exactly right. So, yeah, yeah, he's still here. We'll see him at about 1 o'clock. <laughs> he, he, you know, but uh, it was just funny. So you better get your act together. I'm telling you right now, you schmuck. That was funny. Hey, uh, you're funny. It was so great having you back here today. You sound great. I know you feel much better. Why, thank you, Sid. And we'll do this again tomorrow morning, buddy. How does that sound? My brother. I look forward to it, man. Thanks for your support, your love, and uh, your talent. You too, brother. All the same thing to you. That's the great Bernie McGurk. He'll be back tomorrow. So will I. So will the whole crew, all you talented bastards. If you've had an accident, trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients and will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read all of their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today at 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email at at info at GaboLaw.com. Gabo Law, where winning is no accident.